0: Yes, hello everybody and welcome once again to The Brink for episode 35 of The Brinkaliciously Awesome podcast that you know and love as we move towards the end of July and get closer to the month of August. Just thought I would mention that in case you're wondering the date, we never seem to mention that here on the show, but it doesn't really matter when it's a weekly podcast at this stage. We've got another big episode for you today, we have the return of a very... Fun guest of ours that we used to have on the show plenty of times, a few other random guests along the way and some classic memories that you will love. But uh, usually always start off the show just quickly by uh, going over where you've been listening to us from and um, looking at these statistics from the last week. Uh, Hello again to our Austrian listeners uh, that uh, we touched on last week, Um, as well as all our local listeners. I never really touched too much on those. But uh, also in the US, a couple of uh, listeners again, and also Winnipeg as well. I wonder if that must be our dear friend, Mr. Colin Hilding, who you might hear from on this uh, episode. Colin, if you do listen to these, hello. Thank you for being a listener. Uh, And if it's not you and it's somebody else from Winnipeg, go say hello to Colin. He's a nice guy, and I'm sure if you just open up a phone book and see the word Colin, then you'll know where to find him. So, yeah. yeah just to uh, always take this opportunity to send a shout out to everybody who listens because without you guys you wouldn't hear my voice and then you wouldn't be able to hear those thank you one thing that we have done a lot on this show since we've uh, been podcast form is we obviously find uh, old guests that we've had on the show because we don't have a creative bone in our body and we just decide to recycle stuff. We're basically Hollywood. Uh, and speaking of Hollywood, uh, we found our former favouritest ice hockey player in the world. I say former because we don't really commentate on it anymore, so I can't really say he's my current favourite one. He's Dakota Leary's favourite one. Of course, it's Marcus Hollywood Bendel. Hello, Marcus. Welcome back to The Brink. It's been a while. Thanks,
1: Ben. How the fuck are
0: you? I'm fucking fantastic. Uh, you missed saying being able to say that word when we were in studio. I know you've been on High Noon. Um, we didn't exactly... Be completely calm that day, but
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think I don't think I I was welcome back after that day. But that was good.
0: You're welcome back anytime you want. I mean, you can come on this Friday if you're not doing anything. Sure, but uh, yeah, say fuck shit balls whatever. Uh, The other week is this
1: the brink after hours? This is just brink up late.
0: Fucking brink, like you know. I mean, the other week when I was in Alaska and we had Vicky on. I mean, it was just cunt cunt cunt. So I mean, like (laughs) say whatever you want, just don't be racist. Um, Now (laughs) 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 you say the c word, but thanks, not the m word. Now, um, what I wanted to actually ask you because well, you and I have just sat down here and we've done a, a episode on Baby Drive we went and yes. saw that the other day download now via the Oz Network um, but you sort of experienced our Spider-Man Homecoming spoiler-free review. Yes. To which you promptly messaged me saying, oh, I'm so angry at you too! I just want to scream at the speakers. Like, you two, you suck. I, what, what did we say wrong? What oh. was what was wrong about it, Marcus? What's wrong that we our opinions?
1: See, I know that we brought this up, but now I'm on the spot trying to remember exactly what it was. <laughs> I think for me it was um, the stuff you're talking about, about the high school experience and okay. the way that they redefined that. Uh, because uh, you were talking about how the pretty girl that he's in love with was head of the Mathletes. Right, okay, so um, it wasn't like a cheerleader. And how the, the bully was not like the high school quarterback. Okay. He was on the Mathletes as well. And you were saying how that actually annoyed you, and you didn't find it, I don't know whether you didn't find it believable, but you just found it out of line with the, the tropes that Spider-Man had usually gone with. Is that about correct? About correct. I,
0: I wouldn't say believable, but I mean, on my vast knowledge of the Spider-Man comics, considering I've never read one in my life, uh, you know, judging off the Sam Raimi and uh, Mark Webb films, yeah, yes, sure. I didn't like it.
1: Yeah, fair. Well, I, I know uh, at one point you were saying, you know, you've never heard of this Liz character. Mm, no. Um, well, in, in the... Now I'm going to get off. I'm uh, really getting ow. schooled here. Oh, wow. I should <laughs> tell you, in the original <laughs> Spider-Man... I'm Page like, 17 <laughs> of issue 36... Um, Liz Allen was actually his first uh, crush in the comics oh, okay, right. Well before they introduced Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy Right um, And so, canonically, uh, accurate uh, And, I don't know, the. I like the idea that Her trope of being really pretty But also being head of the athletes, mathletes, whatever they were called Decathlon <laughs> Yeah, whatever. academic decathlon,
0: I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah
1: Sorry, I've been watching Freaks and Geeks recently, and they've right. got Mathletes on okay. there. Okay, so. well, the same difference. Yeah. They always get bashed at school. So um, I just found it very refreshing to okay. have that um, because it felt a lot more realistic. And people were talking about how, yeah, these days um, a, a bully at an American high school is not some jockey quarterback in like a Letterman's jacket. It's, it's the guy who's in your groups and similar interests who's just a dick the whole time. Right. <laughs> and so, who's really good at making other people be a dick to you
0: So is that kind of then On that notion And this is sort of science It's still in the Spider-Man universe uh, What they did with Andrew Garfield's geekiness In the amazing Spider-Man series I had a problem with the fact that they kind of made him Like a cool geek Like a cool, attractive geek And to me, that's not what Peter Parker should be
1: Yeah, I guess the problem is to, to modernise it Yeah uh, Well, I mean, it's been a long time since either of us has been at school yeah, uh, You know, speak for yourself, Marcus. Thanks, I was thanks to the restraining order. <laughs> there the other day, but yes, exactly. I've been told not to go within a certain <laughs> amount of metres from that school. Uh, <laughs> Disclaimer, I need the Benarite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How far away from the nearest school? I didn't check that before I came over.
1: Uh, is your ankle buzzing? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Um, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, Geek's the new Sheik. Like, the nerdy Peter Parker characters are... As far as I can tell from school, uh, well, from what I've heard of what school's like nowadays, <laughs> it, they're not sort of these ridiculed guys shoved into loggers anymore. It's, I mean, the freaks and geeks. Those characters, those geeks are, you know, they're going to inherit the earth. So you like the, You
0: basically like the take on how they did it.
1: He was still a socially awkward loser, and that's Peter Parker. But I felt like they they took the essence of the character and they modernised it, and... What I really liked about, you know, the love interest being Liz Allen—well, it wasn't Liz Allen; it was—I don't—it was just say it was MJ for, for God's no, sake. No, it wasn't. It was um.
0: It's, people have seen it. Whatever, we just spoil it for you. Alright, well, no I'm, I'm, to I'm about crap.
1: to. There's only like one bit of Spider-Man left to spoil, <laughs> so uh, She's MJ. I'm just gonna um. It's that Liz Allen is actually Liz Toombs, oh, the daughter of the Vulture,
0: oh. Oh so. that! Oh that! Spoiler. Of course, I did watch the movie. Yeah, I thought I thought I ruined it with yeah yeah. Never mind. Just ignore me. Yeah. I'm thinking about the schools.
1: That was that was the only twist in the whole film. Yeah, it was um, a good twist. It was an excellent twist, and I didn't see it coming. Um, no, me neither. So, it, unless there's some weird naming convention, she wasn't Liz Allen. She was Liz Toombs. Yeah, because he's referred to as Mr. Toombs. Um, but I think the idea behind her character is that she was never meant to be this like perfect love interest for peter she was this really pretty girl that was kind of had similar interests to him and he was obsessed with but she wasn't the girl for him but, and they had that's no why, chemistry they had no chemistry but that was on purpose okay because she, like they never had a they never kiss right spoiler there's, there's, <laughs> there's like zero sexual chemistry between them there's no tension she was just this pretty girl that he really liked. He asked her to the prompt. She said, yes. They're sitting in the back of the car. They barely look at each other. They're staring at their phones. Very was, modern. And then she moves. And then at the end of the film, again, spoiler, uh, people that don't want to be, have Spider-Man spoiled for them.
0: You, just, you shouldn't be listening to The Brink. Just, I mean, come I on. Mean, just, fuck off. like,
1: press pause. <laughs> walk out of your house. Get in your car. Drive to the cinema. Watch Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> yeah, they come back and listen. Drive home.
0: <laughs> I wonder if somebody actually would do that. Like, seriously?
1: Just, just give me a minute. Catherine. <laughs> <I don't laughs> just, why Catherine? Because she's like the one listener who listens to all my shows. <laughs> Catherine just pit pause. <laughs> she would have said Spider about man. <laughs> I
0: can tell you that now. Anyway.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, it's It's meant to be that dumb crush you have on a pretty girl at high school that you actually don't like that much.
0: Well, I mean, I wouldn't know what that is. A, I went to an all boys high school, and B, all my dumb crushes I did like too much, and that's why I'm single.
1: Was it Brittany? <laughs>
0: Say Shirley. You leave. You leave, <laughs> you leave them out of this. You leave them out of this. <laughs> You've got Natalie, but that's Natalie Portman. She's not a singer.
1: Um, but overall, it, did, it did, sounds like mumbo number five. <laughs> I like hey, Brittany Lou, Lou Bega's
0: been Madonna. on this show. You be careful.
1: Um, just okay.
0: Did you you liked the Amazing Spider? Uh, not the Amazing uh, Spider
1: Man. <laughs> did you like the Amazing Spider? <laughs> Man? Rank the Spider Mans. S- Sam Raimi's The Amazing Spider Man Three Homecoming, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> featuring the Green Vulture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yeah, I did. I, I I really liked it. Um I hated that it took so long for them to make a Spider-Man film that felt like a Spider-Man like that much like a Spider-Man film. And I mean, I've always been, you know, I have I still as an adult have Spider-Man pajamas. You've got
0: Spider-Man uh Coasters Coasters sitting in front here. of me.
1: Here. Yeah, I mean, there's he's your favorite super, superhero. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's my um,
0: third favorite. Okay. Superman and Batman. The ones that are kissing on your pillow are my two favourites. Okay. So, <laughs> Marcus has a kissing pillow of Batman and Superman because why wouldn't they want to make out in a pillow?
1: It's, you know, lovers, not fighters.
0: Where's the Spider-Man, Iron Man making out session or is that a bit wrong because of the age gap? <laughs> 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 uh, where, just, I mean, again, uh, this is only meant to be a short segment. We're not, this is a whole other thing on the Oz Network. But like, would you, where would you rank this out of the six films that we've had? Give me a number. You don't I mean you can give me all six in a row if you want to. I know I'm not keeping you from uh your girlfriends. You're <laughs> probably listening to us talking right now, but uh, <laughs> Um uh, we did invite uh, her to come on the show, by the way. On,
1: so. <laughs>
2: honestly,
1: I'd I'd probably say it's my favourite Spider Man film. Okay. Um Spider Man three is obviously your second favourite. <laughs> I have famously seen every Spider Man film the day it came out at the earliest showing at my nearest cinema.
0: Famously. <coughs> well documented.
1: Uh, I mean, famous amongst me. It's
0: famous amongst the Launceston citizens who know you from Mama's Pizza, uh, pulling an app out of your phone, and seeing Spider Man in the uh, opening. Laser moment. hair
1: removal, mate. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on quickly before, because we will get you on again. We, we miss you on the brink, for sure. Um, I asked you on the Oz Network, available now by iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, uh, about. You're still playing ice hockey. How are the Falcons doing this year? Because I feel bad that I've neglected the league. Because I know you've got a new team now, and it seems that the new team has gotten all the draft concessions because they're winning the league, are they not?
1: Um, well, I've been away for the past couple of weeks, um, and I'm in charge of entering the stats into the to the ladder. <laughs> right. Um, and I haven't had any of the stats sent to me to enter the ladder, and I haven't been there to take photos. So I'm not actually sure what the ladder looks like at the moment. I can't give you accurate details. Um A couple of weeks ago, Falcons hit top of the ladder. Okay. Um, And then, I think within two games, we're down to third or fourth.
0: The last time I saw it, it was very tight between top four. It looked like the Sharks had really fallen off, but it looked like that top four was separated.
1: Sharks have not had a a good start to the year.
0: It's factor. You lose Mickey, you you lose the league.
1: Um, And the icebreakers have been off to an absolute flyer. Yep. Um, Red Barons are putting up quite a fight, and Cougars got a lot of fight back, even though they've lost... um, Paul Joyce star star player from the reason they won the premiership last year. Yeah. Um, they've still got a lot of that fire and enthusiasm. Um, and there's a, there's probably, um, seven or eight new faces, not including the whole icebreakers team of new players, um, shared around the teams, um, and good players imports from, um, I think we've got some, uh, got another canadian somewhere and of course you do we, they're, they're always we can, sniffing around we'll be able to do a team of canadians pretty soon yeah why not we're we yeah. gonna have a we want to do a, a canada versus australia match
0: oh, i'll i'll be there i'll i'll, I'll represent canada
1: uh, <laughs> i have a canadian shirt i've got more canadian clothes than australian clothes yeah, i've got a canada scarf yeah so yeah um look it's been a it's been an interesting season i'm keen to get back and kind of see what's up um yeah, like I said, I'm I'm meant to be in charge of keeping the stats. Uh, our website got um, got hacked about a month ago.
0: Oh, those those bastards at ISIS.
1: And, um, yeah, it was yeah, because of all
0: the sites uh, you want to hack. It's yeah, the uh, Tes- ice hockey Tasmania dot com.
1: Yeah, so um, <laughs> that we, we actually lost everything. I managed to lose all of it. the The backup that I had was corrupted. So I need to rebuild it from scratch. So at the moment. Fun. It's not a lot going on. You know what
0: it is? Since we stopped doing commentary, everything's yeah, exactly. going to shit. So I'll tell you what, if if I'm still in the state when the finals are on, I'll obviously come and do the playoffs. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I do miss doing it. I really do. Uh but uh yeah, I we'll see how it goes. But uh Marcus, uh, I think we've got longer than ten minutes. I'm gonna get into trouble by lane here so I better shut up. Uh thank you for joining us here in the brink. You're welcome back anytime and uh feel free to close with a swear word. Put you on the spot. What a word. (laughs) Oh, that hurts my feelings. I'm very, very excited to be able to talk to our next guest here on the show today because uh, back in the days of... The Brink, classic Brink, back in the morning days and all those days that you used to listen back all those years ago. He was pretty much our most frequent guest for some time. I think he held the record for most frequent guest for about 90% of the show's history. And I'd probably say the very first ever guest I would have interviewed probably in my radio career back when I was a fresh young 17-year-old and didn't know <laughs> from a goose. But uh, I do, of
3: course, speak... One of the greatest gongs yes, I hold. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> it, that's um- clearly there with a bullet uh, on your on your CV when you go out there. Uh, I do, of course, speak of a uh, renowned Tasmanian singer, songwriter, the one, the only, Mr. Adam Cousins. Adam, mate, it's been too long. Why has it been too long between talking to you? It's not good enough.
3: Hello, hello, hello. Great to speak to you again, Ben. And, yes, it, it does seem like quite a long time since we've spoken to you. Time does seem to fly when you're having fun, yes. doesn't it?
0: It really does. And uh, I think you and I established it's been a couple of years. I mean, there are kind of reasons behind that. Uh, probably haven't really done much radio in two years. But, hey, cool, we're back. Um, but, uh, you know, since, since sort of obviously we kind of brought the brink back as a podcast and then High Noon, you know, it's, it's sort of trying to get you back on and kind of like really, you know, needed to go back in time to sort of bring back those memories. Because it really, I really do think that you were the very first person I would have interviewed in my entire life. So uh, that's that's kind of,
3: I yeah. do believe that is the case. Wow. I, I think I can even remember the interview. Uh Not that bad was coming it? in. It was a very early <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> it was a very early interview and I came in wearing very large sunglasses uh uh, uh sorry, um sunfly sunglasses <laughs> and a very thick jacket. It must have been either freezing cold in the middle of winter in Tasmania or I was just extremely hungover. <laughs> Probably a combination of both. But uh yes, it has has been a while. It has been a very uh, it seems like a long time but um, it's uh good to be back on the show and um I'm just trying to think when the last time we was, we did spoke, I think it was... Uh, I'd
0: have to say 2015.
3: I think you had some sort of a 500th show Possibly, or Possibly,
0: yeah. Maybe, you would have maybe been in one of our anniversary shows, or I'm just trying to recall if we would have gotten you on for our last show back in 2015 for The Brink, um, but I mean, it would have been around then, I would say, that's so right. about two and a half years here, Adam, so uh, look,
3: uh, want to catch us wow, up on two and a half years of your We've life? We've finally uh, <laughs> realigned our schedules,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. so... <laughs> well, I mean, what's has been happening in the world of Adam Cousins in the last two and a half years? Uh, you know, you can, you can well, dot point well, it if you want. since
3: we've last <laughs> fact I've just been constantly touring, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, going from Tasmania to, up to Queensland, and as far as uh, Phu Quoc, which is a small island off the south coast of uh, Vietnam, awesome. um, playing, playing, playing fantastic quok that's uh is that
0: not a type of animal that's a quoll i'm thinking of a different animal completely there that's a quoll yes right yeah, yeah.
3: Different letter. Fu- yeah is. Uh, yeah it's a little island okay you know, and, and uh beautiful beautiful tropical uh warm fantastic to tell you the truth most of the time i was there i was uh Smoking cigars and drinking pina coladas on the beach. But apart from the
0: oh, what a dream. hard life you um, lead! It was, yeah,
3: it was really tough,
0: really tough. Wow, wow! So, what, what, what brings you to Quak? Like, out of all the places in the world, I mean, I know kind of throughout the years, and you and I have talked. You've obviously travelled to, to many unique locations, but how does the opportunity come to, to go to Quak?
3: Well, I'm always, I just love Asia. I like oh, living in Australasia, you know. Uh, I just love getting out into those re- more remote countries that are in the Asia-Pacific areas um, and definitely the uh, the tropical islands. They're in the, uh, uh, out, you know, just plucked in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Um, but yeah, let me tell you about um, Fu Kwok. You- Those scooters are a lot of fun. Uh, Just don't forget you're in a country where you're driving on the opposite side of the road and pull out in front of a truck, which I did on at least three occasions, just pulling out and thinking, oh, yeah, here we go. And then, whoa, (laughs) the, uh, the traffic's coming straight at me. Wow.
0: Yeah, I've I've been Uh, to Malaysia and I've seen kind of how they drive there and I've heard uh, many stories about uh, other sort of Asian countries, how they they drive in those sort of situations. But the one thing I will say, though, is that whilst it looks crazy how they drive, they they make it work, do they not? Like, it's almost a symmetry to it. Like, it looks crazy, like they're always going to have accidents. But at least from my time there, I never saw one accident. And it was was almost like a beautiful poetry watching all these people dodge each other. I was like, how the crap are they doing that? But they're doing
3: it. It's just, well, I think the trick is, well, the speed, well, where I was, the speed, um, the speed limit was 40 kilometres an hour. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're travelling, if everybody's travelling at 40 kilometres an hour, it's very easy to weave and duck in between everywhere. Sure. But of course, you know... <laughs> In an hour or so, you get start getting pretty darn cocky and you you start doing, you know, 50, 60, 70k an hour down an open <laughs> structure of highway the where there's seemingly nothing until suddenly a cow walks yeah. out in front of you. And you <laughs> <laughs> and On the wrong side of the street, one street one too. <laughs> the cow at 60k an hour, It's uh, you, there's a lot at stake, uh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: All of a sudden You're, things uh, take a different turn. Yes, for sure, for sure. How, how, do, yeah. the, how do the people of Quok, uh take to your music? I mean, uh, do, do they... They like is that sort of a similar type of music than they've heard before, or is it kind of new to their ears when they're hearing your music?
3: Well, it depends how re- remote you go. You know, if you've been, if you go to really remote places. Um where they don't have uh the internet or or t v or things like that it's uh, it's it's a real novelty and a real you know they're absolutely um you know honored that you would come out there and and do and play for them and bring especially bring your instrument that far and uh but you know if, 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 i mean most places now do have reception and uh t v towers and radio station towers and all that kind of stuff so you know it's all commercial music and, and the whole idea of, you know, um, of globalization is that everything's becoming more and more the same everywhere, so, um, but it's sort of, you know, it's it's sort of, it's just the same as, uh, you know, pop music in Australia, except every everything's sung in um, Thai or, <laughs> you know, get to me, so... Wow, which is a bit disappointing, but you know, it it is also you know a really great cultural experience.
0: Does that, so does that mean then you have to learn some Thai and Vietnamese songs to try and fit in with the culture there, or maybe that can be worked onto your new album, having experienced all that culture? Like, hey, I, I could try and include this in my in my new material.
3: Look, I just try and work on you know trying to say hello, or uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> or can I please have a beer. <laughs> The three most important things. They're the main Yes. The main things, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, was, uh, I, mean, I was in Mexico last year and kind of, uh, you know, the ignorant Aussie that I am kind of went into it thinking like, oh, where I'll go, they'll speak English. I don't need to learn Spanish. And, um, yeah, promptly found out that was a bit of a mistake. So uh, I qu- quickly just said, see si a lot, gracias, and no espanol. That was basically all I would say for our five days yeah. when I was there. Um, and uh, with the cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please don't behead me. Um, but, no. Oh, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was an experience, and that's that's a great thing. Obviously, about traveling is you kind of get to experience these new places and and cultures and that. And I can imagine, like as a musician, as you were saying there, bringing that to to people who might not necessarily. Uh, you know, know that that style of, of, of music. Uh, are you doing, uh, sort of over those couple of years too, uh, travelling Australia as well? I remember one time you were telling me a great story about how I think you spent some time in sort of a remote uh, Aboriginal community. Is that kind of something that you're you still are going out there doing in different parts of Australia or you've done in the last couple of years? <coughs>
3: uh, yeah, well, I spent a little bit of time in a remote Aboriginal community, uh, just about 24 hours uh, northwest of Cairns, on the west coast of Cape York, so on the spike on the top there, uh, that's, yeah, so Cape York's massive. So, I mean, you know how long it takes to get to Cairns mm-hmm. from, from Melbourne, so then think about another 24 hours full driving above that, wow. and that's only halfway up Cape York. So, yeah, a uh, very, very remote place. Basically, it is basically like being in a different country up there and in every different community, has its own uh, religion, laws, um, art, language. Uh, I know in the particular community I was staying in, um, English was the fifth language. Wow. So there were five tribes. Wow. Each with their own tribe, and then a common language which they used, which was called Wickmunken. Um And that was, yeah, so English was the fifth language. So um, it was basically like being dropped into the middle of a completely different country and completely different time as well. It's, um, I remember walking up the main street and seeing a man standing in the middle of the road in the red dust and he was standing in that sort of classic um, Aboriginal stance, you know, with the w- the one leg um, sort of cocked up, mm-hmm. uh, standing, you know, with it on the side of your leg, yep.
4: you know how they stand? Yeah, um,
3: yeah. Yeah, and in and, and the other hand, he was holding a spear in his hand. Wow and He just had a small pair of shorts on, he was holding a spear, and I was walking towards him, and I was sort of a little bit, you know, what's what's going to happen mm-hmm. here? I was feeling a little bit worried, but he he looked calm and everything, and I, I walked up to him, and um, spear making in their culture is actually a um, one of their um, artistic um, forms of expression, so. He, he was showing me this this beautiful handcrafted spear, and it had um, feathers all around the edges of it, and it was very very intricate detail. And he was actually he was asking me if I wanted to buy the spear, and I said oh, I'd love to buy the spear, but I just know I wouldn't get it through Melbourne <laughs> Customs uh, <laughs> once I got back back to the airport, and then through yes. Tassie, probably not going to happen. So, but yeah, just like stepping back in time absolutely incredible place wow yeah
0: fantastic yeah
3: but I've, yeah i've been all around i get around a fair bit so um uh, lots of different things but but the, i think the uh what was i going to say that um the the last thing i was doing i was i actually got a bit sick one stage oh no um last year yeah i got um i just couldn't seem to get better i had like this constant cold and my doctor thought maybe I had pneumonia or something Mm. and uh, I said well we'll just take an x-ray of your lungs and we'll see you know we'll see if there's a liquid on your lungs and then if there is we can give you you know some kind of steroid which um just you know dries it up and then you get better straight away I was like okay let's do that so he took an x-ray of my lungs and he's staring at my rib cage um, x-ray and he said like, yep we got a little bit of liquid there so I'll give you this and then you'll be better in um a week or so and then he's still staring at the picture and he's staring harder and harder i'm like, like what are you staring at and he and he said to me about about 10 years ago did you jump off something say about 12 meters high, and land on your feet <laughs> and i was like yep yeah i used to do parkour i used to do um Used to jump off things all the time and land on my feet. And he said, "Oh yeah, well you, you fractured your spine about twelve years ago." <laughs> oh, Wow, <laughs> far out!
0: And he could tell yeah, the time. He could, he could actually tell how your, long it
3: had been. Yeah, 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 he could actually see the the timings. That three of your um, vertebrae were slightly shorter than they're meant to be. Wow. And it's stable fracture. They've refused themselves back together. And uh, do you ever get us all back? And I was like, No, I don't. He said, oh, Okay, that's great.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so, did they? Did they? Can they fix that, or is he just like, as you said, like move on? It's fine.
3: Yeah, it just fixes itself because it's um it's re- refuses itself back together. Wow. So it's sort of like um, I don't know, like fracturing a glass. Getting all cracks through the glass, and then melting it again, and then re, remelts back together. Well, there so, you go. Basically, all the your bone just grows around through the cracks. Yeah. That's that's incredible. I did
0: not know that. We're learning a lot here today, Adam. That's why we get you yeah. back on the shows there you to go. be educated and, and informed. <laughs> One thing I'll say though, uh, since I know since we've spoken. Um, that uh, and you did mention to me a little bit about this off air And I'd like to hear a little bit more about this uh, About getting some of your work uh, To maybe be used on things like TV shows and movies And I was watching uh, Tomorrow When The War Began on ABC When that was on about a year or so ago And I heard one of my favourite songs Shotgun being played on it So uh, first of all congratulations That really made me excited watching that But uh, how, how does this work? How do, you go, how do you go out there and try and get some of your music on, on these shows? I mean how does that process actually work?
3: Well, Ben, I tell you, it's really you know as I probably I might have said before, it's just like you just got to work really, really hard and keep your integrity. I think that's it's the main thing. But also, you, you've got to get your uh, your your tunes out there in a lot of different directions, it's not just like you got to have your 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 fingers in a lot of pots, so to speak. You know. Um, so uh, yeah, so basically, the single shotgun um, was played, yeah from the the TV series Tomorrow When the War or Tomorrow When the War began. Which was originally a, a novel written Fantastic by John Mars, and then and then yeah, and then, and then later it uh, made into a movie and then TV series in the ABC, starring um, I think it was Deborah Mailman. Yes, yeah, she was in it. Who yes. starred in the, the Sapphires and Offspring and a million other things, and um, James Stewart from Home and Away. And uh, but yeah, the actual process like you you need to get your writing, you know, through the right channels. So through publishing houses, through licensing houses, you know, and those people basically get gigs for your songs. So not for you, but for your actual songs. So you might have a song and they'll go, oh, that song's a... You you might have a great song about cars or something, or or it mentions driving or you're on the road or something like that. And then, you know, if you manage to... Um, get enough sort of groundswell through the things that you're doing and then they go oh, okay yeah we'd like to have your songs on our catalogue then you know uh, if a, if a uh, TV commercial comes up for a car company then they'll go oh well do you like this song and they'll send that through to the car company and then so yes and then they give you $40,000 and thank you very much and thank you ma'am wow, so, thinking, Man. wow. <laughs> so that's yeah that's how it can work or you know you could have it's, uh, there are there are many different many different ways to skin a cat as i say but um that's that's one way that that particular opportunity for me
0: happens. So. so you, so you're aware of that, then? So your your, uh, I guess, um, agent or whoever is involved in that process. Will will they? Do they ask you permission first to say like, "Hey, this TV show wants to use this song"? Or because you've put it out there, you've kind of already given it that creative license that it might appear on a show or it might appear in an advert, dog food or something like that. It's kind of that's the the risk either way. It could you don't really know where it's going to end up. <laughs>
3: No, no. So it, 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 they need your permission, right? Yeah, okay. they can't just put it on things. Like for example, I know one of my film clips on YouTube. I, uh, my friend pulled it up and said, "Oh, I was just watching your um, your uh, one of your songs on YouTube today, and it had a gambling um, commercial on the front of it." Oh, and I was like, oh, didn't approve that." Wow. So went to the very lengthy pro. Or oh, my manager went to the very lengthy. Process of trying to get that removed, right. which is actually quite complicated. Wow, they might, okay. they're, they're pretty devious these gambling companies. So, um, <laughs> yes, you definitely need—they need to get permission from you to do anything with your music, because um, you—I mean the—you uh, know—you you, never—you never lose your copyright. Never give your copyright away if you're a songwriter. Mm-hmm. And um, if you if you um, maintain your copyright, then you own what happens, you, you get to say what happens with your music. Right,
0: okay, there you go. So, I mean, obviously yeah. we mentioned Tomorrow When the War Began, and, I mean, look, I, I was am a huge fan of the books, I love the movie, I love the show, um, and, I again, I had no idea that your song was going to be in it until I heard it, and I was like, holy, holy crap, this is fantastic. But uh, have you have your songs appeared on, on anything else, any other shows, any movies, uh, commercials that are out there that people might be aware uh, of?
3: Yeah, yeah, count, countless different things. Oh, I don't know if people will be aware of them here, but... Um because basically my uh some of my contractual stuff uh through the particular um licensing house that I use is the uh it's it's overseas a lot of overseas stuff so overseas um uh tv commercials tv series and things like that but I'm just trying to think of uh another recent one that doesn't doesn't spring to mind right at the moment, but um, lots of little things that you would have seen in Hobart. Uh I think I had one on the uh Oh yeah, there was there was one for the Republic yes, Bar. I remember that one very in, uh, well. That was a good one. In Hobart, which was playing there for a while. Uh I think I had one for um Holden T V. Uh, Holden Holden um Car, wow! TV commercial, uh, which was in Melbourne or something like. That. But yeah, lots lots of little things. Um, but yeah, one of the tricks is if you can get the opening. Uh, so, so you know, like two broke girls. Yep. You know that TV yep, series. Yep. Yeah. If you can, if you can, I can't remember the name of the band who got their um, track on the uh, as as the opener for the show. So every time the show comes on, there, ah, oh, the, the title
0: credits. Yeah, but, yeah. You know.
3: The title credits. Yes. Yeah. So basically, you know. Hitting one of those is basically hitting a gold mine. So, so that, um, is that the goal then yeah, in this situation
0: that, to try and land the uh, the opening credits on a TV show?
3: If you can do that, yeah, fantastic! It's, it's absolutely insane. I've never thought about it that way. An, you, mean, you're right;
0: like you've obviously got a, uh, you know, they need a theme. And I, I know, for example, like I, I've been watching a lot of uh, last week tonight with John Oliver recently, and that the opening of that song is very kind of unique. And I know on one of his episodes, he got the band; it was Valley Lodge, and their song "Go." And like I'd never heard of Valley Lodge before, yeah, but I mean, yeah. as soon as they're on the show, you look up and you hear the rest of the song, and you realise it's not just a title created by the network. Like, okay, I like this song, uh, and yeah, I can imagine it's helped That's them. Right, so, yeah. wow. So, what, what sort of show would you want? You know, one of your songs to open up with a sitcom, a, a drama? I mean,
3: a reality show? <laughs> uh, I'd love my one of my songs. To, uh, I'd love Shotgun to be used. Uh, with you know, my, there's a song of mine called Shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love that to be reused for um, the next series of The Walking Dead. Okay, that would work. Be- <laughs> that
0: would work. I could see it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'd love, I'd love that, or you know, something like that. I reckon um, it'd be, it'd be really, really good experience. I mean, yeah, basically, that that's a uh, a make or that is a real opportunity for a band, so that can break a band worldwide. Mm. That kind of opportunity. So we're always looking for those kinds of opportunities. Well, now. look at so look at
0: the Rembrandts. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, everyone knows the Rembrandts from- for, for "I'll Be There for You" for friends. I mean, do you could you name any other song by the yeah. Rembrandts? No, but I mean, they've they've made no. it for life, don't they? Because <laughs> that song is obviously just so uh, associated with friends that uh, you know they don't really need to have any other songs. I'd say.
3: And let's face it, the royalties that they'd get from that, plus, you know, from when it was airing to, uh, to the, uh, to DVD, to downloads, to YouTube hits, it's, it's insane. It's like having a hit single.
0: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. could definitely. And does, does that have, <laughs> you never
3: have to work again? It, well, has that <laughs> helped you
0: though? Like, kind of with your songs appearing in what they have so far, have that, have you noticed the, the traffic that that brings? So, like, say for example, when Tomorrow When the War Began uh, aired, um, did you all of a sudden then get an, an uptake on views on on Shotgun and some of your other music? Did you notice a spike from that?
3: Yeah, definite spike in um, in royalty um, returns um, and on uh, YouTube hits, and it, it all filters filters on. Yeah, definitely.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. It's, yeah, it's, and, and, and
3: iTunes sales and things like that.
0: Great, great. Well, that's, and, that's uh, what you want, know, obviously.
3: Spotify, it. Spotify plays. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. So, I mean, outside of kind of that, obviously, I mean, that's obviously going great, though. But I mean, are you still continuing to, to write and, and, and record music? I mean, is there plans for another EP, another album, or are you getting sick of people asking you that question, Adam? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, well, definitely. Uh, I, uh, yeah, definitely am getting sick of it. No, no yeah. I've, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been writing a lot of, of new tunes and experimenting with a lot of different styles. Um, for instance, classical Indian folk music and Asian, like traditional Asian music and, and incorporating those styles into my own style of folk rock and folk pop. But I guess. I think over, the, particularly over the last couple of years, I've just been touring so much. I've been, you know, uh, you know, up to eight months a year of every year. Oh ask. That's probably been for the last twelve years that I've been doing that. <laughs> but um, it, it's it's easy to once you, when you're spending so much time on the road, you're actually you're having less and less time to sit down and to write quality. Uh, material or to actually have time just to write at all. So uh, because you're just going, you know, from one town to the next town. So uh, I'm sitting on probably probably ten or eleven albums worth of material that I nice. that I'm that I'm I'm happy with. that like really happy with at the moment. But I'm um, instead of rushing into things in between touring in between interviews and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm choosing now just to, to hold back, just to step back and go, you know, what do I really want to do with this? What do I really think is the best stuff? And what do I really want to invest some some quality time and money into uh, recording and and making killer film clips for? And and that's that's what I'm passionate about at the moment. Instead of, you know, just releasing album after album, after touring and touring, touring, I'm more more interested in just putting out a really quality single with a really quality film clip and um, and then seeing where that goes. And if that, if that takes traction, mm-hmm. um, uh, then away you go again, you know, off, off on tour. But if it doesn't take traction, then not even bothering to tour it. So I guess less shows, but more um, quality output um, online. Because, I mean, let's face it, even if you're touring, you know, constantly, which which I have been for over a decade now, You you go back to a town. Your last show there was, you know, you might have been playing to ten thousand people. The next time you go back, half the people don't even know who you are anymore. Mm. They're forgotten, you know, because and and that's the nature of social media. Because it's just it's all bang, 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 bang all the time in your face. There's no time to breathe. And you know, if you're not in somebody's face for an hour or so, then they forget about you. And it's much more the case when you're touring. If you um, if you're gone for a period of time, gone for a few months, you come back. You know, you get to the venue, which might have been the most fantastic venue in town, and uh, it's changed owners. And they're like, sorry, mate, we don't know you. No, nah, you can't play here. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. that's sort of the nature, you know, that's the nature of the industry. So, mm-hmm. it, And it, that's, that's changed a lot in the last 10 years. Wow. A lot. Wow, there you go. Because venues, venues are changing all the time. So it's, it makes much more sense to actually put out your quality material online instead of just constantly touring for touring's sake, you know?
0: Yeah, it's interesting how that kind of develops that with uh, the industry. And I always kind of find that a fascinating aspect of of speaking to musicians about sort of how they're getting their material out there and and sort of how that's working for them because um yeah like there's obviously a lot of positives to that, but kind of I can also imagine a lot of drawbacks too but um you know as long as you you've got that quality material out there and uh you know that's ultimately the goal then is to, to put out quality material and um entertain entertain your fans Adam because that's that's why they listen to your music is it not
5: that is right
3: that is right it's it's putting out i mean for me it's about putting out that positive message um and uh hopeful message and um, putting it out there in in a way in in a style of tunes that people you know can um, chill out to or dance to and um, it's uh, yeah I was just thinking an old tune I wrote called Travelling Long Mm -hmm. I was just thinking um, while you were asking me about you know what other songs have been on Mm -hmm. I think um, there was this it was a a YouTube TV commercial for um, Thailand Bucket Tours I think it was. And um so basically it's a company who runs tours through Thailand, um, for um yeah, for backpackers basically and um you know, for your um your twenty five year old range and and they said, you know, can we use this can we use this track for um um for our little video that we've made and I was at the time I was like, Yeah, no worries, I think it was actually my drummer Sam Forsyth, who is the uh lead singer of um, the uh, beautiful art of uh, sorry, that was it. The art of storytelling. Yeah, the, uh, the yeah, dark, yeah. Dark matter. Dark matter
0: yeah, matter. I was, I was, I was going to chime yeah. in there, but I, I'd gone blank on because I know Sam. I went to high school with Sam, and <laughs> I, I, I know his band, and I just yeah. went completely blank on it too. So thanks for saving me there too, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Adam. <laughs> yeah,
3: well, he, he he flippantly said to me, you know, you should, um, you know, my, my mate who runs this company, you know, they're interested in using the song, and I was like, oh, okay, yep. Yeah well uh we'll see how that goes and put it on there and you know uh, a couple like a few months later it was over 100,000 hits wow. on on the youtube and then and then um the off, the offset of that is that every single person that booked their tour on the um on the website sort of a lot of those people used that song traveling long as their anthem for their trip wow no, I think um, even, you know, I, I think I've seen three or four videos that have been made as the soundtrack to Traveling Long. Because I've never made a soundtrack for Traveling Long. Um, sorry, a, a film clip for Traveling Long. So I've seen at least three or four film clips of people's actual tours through um, Thailand that they've, they've put together as a film clip for Traveling Long. <laughs> wow. So it's. Um, you know and then as a result those people um, download your music and it's um it rolls on like that i actually do have all so much film footage from from my tours in asia to make a uh, film clip for uh the old song traveling along. but i um i fear that some of the uh Film clips that have already been made, possibly better, yeah. than that. <laughs> <laughs> that the one that I was going to come up with. So I might have to rethink.
0: Well, that. well I, I know sort of like. Um that on one of our uh, fan ones I did for one of my trips, kind of like I, I make little documentary things just out of out of the footage that I do when I travel. Um, I used Shotgun yeah. on one of the credits. I think it was one of my Malaysian trips, just kind of as a closing song because yeah. it fits so well with kind of what I was trying to put out there. So, um, and plus well, you know I'm a huge yeah. fan of Shotgun. I'm a huge fan of all your music, of course, Adam. But um, yeah, I'll have to find the link for you and show that to you how that kind of played <laughs> yeah. into it. But um, that, that I mean that's that's such that's great. a unique. Sort of thing to have with that, and yeah, that's 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 amazing to kind of see that. So you've obviously, uh, yeah, finding these creative ways to put your music out there. And I was actually having a conversation with someone the other day, Adam, and I was we were I think we were on hold. Yeah. we were like I was um, on hold for some company, and then you kind of have that generic stock guitar music. And I think I was having the conversation with somebody going, yeah. "How does that music get out there?" There's obviously a musician who has recorded this, and like, there's probably a lot of money yeah. involved in stock music for for hold lines, but. Uh, you know, not quite the same as getting your music out there on, uh, you know, ads for uh, travelling companies and Tomorrow When The War Began TV shows, but I'm sure there's people making lots of money from hold line music out there too. So if all else fails, Adam, you can just uh, put your hold music to Telstra or something like that.
3: Well, it's funny, I know. they, they Telstra actually was using... Uh, I've been on the phone many times to them, unfortunately. Um, about Haven't we all? Trying to get Bill's fixed store, you know... Uh, Incorrect payments or incorrect payments or whatever, but um, yeah, I know there was this tune on there they had their whole on their whole music, and then I remember being in uh, a bar, actually in San, down in um, down in uh, Cows down here on Phillip Island, and um, or up here on Phillip Island, should <laughs> say, um, and hearing that same song which they had on their playlist on the, in the, in the pub, and I was like, you know, they've gone from they've gone from Telstra through it's gone from hold music to an like they're using the whole song now in um on uh i think it's called uh cafe um cafe yeah something or other. but it's like you it's one thing you do you put your tracks onto a cafe c d or slash bar c d yeah. and then they get sent out to hundreds of different um bars and cafes across australia and then wow. they use them as the background music and it's um that's obviously one you know, one way that i have done that. But yeah, if you, if you could get a track on, on a hold, um, this is, you know, this is all monetarily speaking, but if you get on that sort of, uh, uh, hold music for a company like Telstra then you're on a pretty big wicket in terms of um, financial attention wow. sort of that sort of stuff I know it's, it's pretty funny but yeah that's, that's, that's,
0: that's crazy to think that no that,
3: not, not that, that's uh, what I'm aspiring to do no, but, no uh, I don't think know. any musician I would, out I there says probably that. wouldn't say no <laughs> yes I can imagine some, some... i you know if they could fix my, my um, data uh, <laughs> yeah. and my uh, my contract
0: <laughs> give me a free maybe, phone uh, free unlimited contract unlimited data for the rest
3: of my life I'd give them the track <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a good payoff, Telstra, if you're listening. Um yeah, that's kind of like my backup too, Adam. If all else fails for me, I'm just gonna be the person that goes, You are now number three in a queue. Please wait. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> Backup options for me in there somewhere, you know, stock voices for uh for phone companies. People would hate my voice even more though, because they just hate it when you hear that, right? Like you are number two and like f you just put me through. I wanna I wanna like talk. <laughs>
3: so <laughs> After the beep, you shall
0: yeah. be sucked through the phone. Uh, well, it's, yeah. it's it's so interesting to sort of catch up, Adam, and and look, I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing how this goes out with with everything else that's happening as well. And uh, I mean, are you, are you still coming down to Tassie? Is, is Tassie still a place that you visit frequently? I think we need to get you in get you in the studio and and kind of uh, and catch up because uh, obviously, you know, we we'd love to do this face to face, have you perform live and everything along definitely. those lines. So next time you're down here, uh, hook me up and we'll we'll get you definitely in. Tasmania.
3: Tasmania will always be my home um, I don't get back as much as I, I wish to um, but yeah um, Tassie's always home for me and uh, all my family and all my friends are there so I uh, I get back as much as possible um, unfortunately sometimes it's just to play and like to, to jump on a plane, come over play a show and then rush back somewhere else but I do, uh, I do have plans to um, come and have a more elongated um sabbatical. So Well let yes. us know. We want. we will will be
0: definitely back. wanna we definitely wanna see you down here because uh yes it's it's been a while, Adam, and it's been a lot of fun having this chat and uh look I'm sure we won't wait another two and a half years to get you on the show. Be it in person, be on the phone, mate. We'll we'll do this a lot sooner. But uh thank you for the catch up. It's been a lot of fun and uh no doubt uh, we'll speak to you again soon here on the show.
3: Fantastic, Ben. it would be uh, great to speak to you again soon. See you later, mate. Bye.
0: Now is the time of the show where we get into our classic live performance. And what better classic live performance? You could say classic if uh, you really, really want to. Probably a different thing altogether, though. Uh, if we do hear from the guy that you just heard of, uh, heard from a few minutes ago, Mr. Adam Cousins. Now, we've played plenty of live performances that Adam has done over the years, and we've actually already played a live performance he did do of this song, Free Flowing Footsteps. But uh, he's actually performed the song twice live on our show, in the history of The Brink, and this was the time he did it all the way back in the year 2008, nearly 10 years ago this was. So uh, that's kind of the extent of this uh, long-running relationship between Adam and The Brink and obviously the close friendship that he and I also have at the same time. So uh, sit back and enjoy Adam Cousins performing free-flowing footsteps live on the brink back in the year that was 2008. (laughs)
5: That led back through the valley Of cold, dark alleys Where a picture is hanging Of a familiar valley I connect up the puddles That lead back through the valley My home is in the valley Where my free-flowing footsteps Won't you lead me home On my free-flowing footsteps staircase winding with my footsteps softly trodden to a church bell that is howling in a forgotten steeple on the dark, dark hillside where the crooked trees move slowly and the dry grass whispers and the stars shines so brightly and the willow bends slowly. Gently kiss the flowers on the tombstone of a memory That is fading in the hour With fingers touching faces Underneath the heavy sky. And then the sun starts its hiding behind a familiar mountain. I stumble from its summer to see a picture on a signpost of a familiar valley. I connect up those puddles that lead back through the alleys. My home is in that valley. i my free-flowing footsteps. Won't you leave?
0: the episode where we hear about farm animals and New Zealand which kind of is the same thing uh Nicholas Chester welcome back to the brink it's good to be back for my um my regular dose of uh you giving me a hard time yeah you really missed this over those seven weeks didn't you I mean you just had to talk to New Zealanders and not to Australians so you know that must have been hard yeah pretty much yeah for sure now look There's something big actually happened during the week. I think we talked about this last week saying that, you know, something big needs to happen and something sort of big happened because your former prime minister, the ever popular Mr. John Key, um, for some reason over here, we decided to give him an award. Uh, We gave him the highest honour that you can give somebody not from Australia uh, and it was given the Companion in the Order of Australia at Government House during the week. Nick, what the fuck? Uh, why why are we giving this to John Key?
6: Um, well, you probably need to ask your Prime Minister that because <laughs> I really have no idea. Um, I think probably, um, you know, like the, the the old thing of like when, when a um, a big politician retires, they kind of get all these awards. So, you know, John Key was made a knight uh, in our Queen's birthday Honours list, so he's now Sir John Key. Um so it's just one of those things that happens, isn't it? You know, if you've been Prime Minister for eight years or whatever, you tend to get all these awards when you leave. It's just something they do. And um, I'm not entirely sure what the benefit is to either of our countries, but, um, you know, I'm sure there's something there.
0: So so that's a side question in itself. So so New Zealanders can still get knighted? Is that, is that still a thing?
6: Yeah, so we our last government got rid of it, and then John Key's government actually brought it back, which is ironic because now he's the one who's now kind of benefited from that because he's now Sir John Key. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely still a thing over here.
0: Yeah, we we had we had not had it for years. Like I think like um, uh, uh, what's his name, Gough Whitlam, got rid of it in like the seventies, and then out of nowhere, Tony Abbott, about whenever he was in control, just randomly brought it back. And it was just it was I think a lot of people say that was the, the beginning of the end for Tony Abbott, because so many people were against it. And the first thing that he did was he basically recommended uh, Prince Philip to be knighted. And it's like, well how the fuck does that work? Does like his wife roll over in bed and go, Oh hey,
2: Philip, you're knighted, now fuck
0: off. Like I mean, like I just it was just ridiculous. And I think like about three people in Australia got knighted and they got rid of it after Tony Abbott went. So I didn't realise that was still a thing in New Zealand. Is it is it a popular thing in New Zealand or is it something that you really no one gives a shit about
6: yeah i mean it's just one of those things that's like you know it, it happens um occasionally and yeah i mean i actually knew somebody who was in the who got made a dame this year so it was kind of interesting to me this year but normally i don't really pay much attention to it to be honest
0: wow there you go I, and i know like england still obviously do it because that's where it kind of originated but like i think the, the funny thing that i noticed with like england is that how they kind of they knight people so quickly, do they not? Like, didn't, uh, was it Chris Hoy or one of those, the ones who did really well at, like, the Olympics just randomly got knighted because they're like, oh, fuck, we haven't done well in anything recently. You're knighted.
6: We're always making our sports people sues. So it's like, uh, Um, Graham Henry who coached the All Blacks when they won the World Cup he's now a sir and we're always trying to get one to Richie McCall but he keeps saying no I think
0: (laughs) wow I was about to say does that happen back back to our dear friend John Key I'm just reading here um, that our Governor General uh, Peter Cosgrove I believe he's Sir Peter Cosgrove I think he was one of the first people that got knighted um, he says, you are a most admirable New Zealander, a great leader, a great friend of Australia and a worthy recipient of this honor. I love the way he leads off with, you are a most admirable New Zealander. Like, I mean, that kind of sounds like an insult to me. Does it not like, Oh, you're a pretty admirable New Zealander. <laughs> yeah.
6: a most, most admirable New Zealander. It makes them sound like a, a ship or something. Doesn't yeah. it? <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. Um,
6: just the, the admirable. Yeah. Something like that.
0: Something like that. Um, Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, who recommended Sir John for the Top Gong, had a front row seat among dozens of dignitaries. It doesn't say like hundreds of. Just dozens. dozens.
1: <laughs>
0: literally dozens. Yeah. 12 people were there.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: this, you know, this is actually, the more I read this article, I kind of feel this is actually taking the piss out of this because this is an Australian article I'm reading and it literally says um, had a front row seat among dozen dignitaries at the ceremony, which is over in less than five minutes <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow typical australian media even like this big honor for a new zealander we're basically like yeah it was it was boring it was done <laughs> and
6: so um John Key's wife was there eh? so she's probably used to things being over in five minutes so. <laughs> yeah.
0: good call good call um We's <laughs> got here, so it continues on, Sir so John was given the nod for helping drive economic growth in Australia, and New Zealand, and his leadership in tackling international security challenges. Sir so John told Sky News he was stunned by the honour. I was stunned and shocked like everyone else. he said, I think it reflects actually not my personal contribution, but the closest of Australia and New Zealand from New Zealand's point of view, I've always thought of Australia as our closest dear friend. <laughs> and i, I can assure you, can sure you, you after that, that interview finished they were like yeah now fuck off back to new zealand mate
6: <laughs> actually like i mean how many years have you been giving me a hard time about my accent and i've only just realized that you actually do a pretty nailed on john key impression <laughs> you just don't realize Ah,
0: oh, look you know when you hang around with you you guys a few times a week it kind of rubs off uh, that was actually, like, when I was in America and I would do an American uh, accent, people were like, wow, you can do a really good American accent. I'm like, yeah, you do realize that the American accent is the easiest accent in the world to do, right? Like, it's, you know, it's not that hard. Um, but, I mean, did this make news in New Zealand? Was this like,
2: oh, breaking news! A New Zealander got an honor in Australia! Like,
0: Of, co-
6: of course it was, and that's probably why you did it, was just to just to see how much you could drive news. <laughs> um on some you know made up some bullshit award and gave it to our ex prime minister just to see if it could make the you know the leading story in the news and of course it did of course it
0: did wow that is that is that is so funny. I I mean I really doubt like I mean does New Zealand have kind of like the the other side of things did Tony Abbott get that phone call <laughs> no of course he didn't but I mean like will Malcolm Turnbull get that phone call
6: <laughs> does Tony Abbott even know how to pick up a
0: phone yeah <laughs> He's just like ah uh, 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 y- yes uh. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm, I'm literally here because I want to. I want to. Uh, you, you mentioned about the. We talked about the America's Cup last week. Um, about how they've what they've decided where it's going to be. Is that kind of what you you were alluding to? I mean, d- is it just not going to be in Auckland? I mean, I don't know.
6: Well, uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So they've they've announced it's going to be. The early 2021. Um, so if you want to come and stand in Auckland Harbour and watch a whole bunch of boats that are miles away, um, that's the time to do it. Um, but I think they've kind of made some announcement too that um, I mean I don't know how this this sport works. It's a complete confusion to me. Um, but I think it's the, they're going to insist on um, basically like you you have to make the boat in the country from the you know where it's from right um, and. And you also have to, the the, the guys who are um, sailing the boat, the, the sailors, um, they have to be from that country as well. Because I think it's kind of, it's one of those things that's like, it was Team New Zealand versus America, but it was actually an Aussie that was, uh, you know, at the helm of the the American boat. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that pisses New Zealanders off apparently. So (laughs) they are going to try and make it more into like, a um, you know, it actually will be a country versus country type thing again.
0: Okay. Interesting. I was going to say like, I mean, Hamilton could host it, right? Because, you know, I mean, didn't Switzerland win the America's cup like a few years ago, a landlocked country. So why can't a landlocked city in New Zealand like host the America's cup?
6: Yeah, we could just race boats down the Waikato River.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Why not? Um, I mean, yeah, the sport of sailing is ridiculous. No offence to our sailors. I mean, you're too rich to be listening to a podcast. Like, you're off doing things with money because this is free. So, like, you would, whatever. But, like, I mean, I know during uh, our coverage on Off the Podium Download now by iTunes, uh, we would often rip shit into sailing that it's not the most friendly spectator sport I would feel. (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't know if I'll be uh, eagerly, you know, lining up online to get... My 2021 tickets to the Americas Cup.
6: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that we just love it because we tend to win it. Um, <laughs> which is the same like that's that's not a Kiwi thing that everybody loves to follow a winner, don't they? So um, of course we love the Team New Zealand guys because they win.
0: Yeah, for sure. I just just quickly here, Nick. I, I've typed in New Zealand to Google News, and I just want to go through some of these fantastic headlines. Uh, notorious New Zealand gangs plan fight club to relieve tensions. Um,
6: (laughs) Yeah, there's no way that could end badly, eh?
0: No, not at all. Uh, Original Gustav Holst scores discovered in New Zealand Library. Uh, New Zealand's welfare system is no longer a functioning system. That's a bit of a shame. Um, Where have we got here? Snow, rain, rough seas set to strike New Zealand again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My favourite one here, huge increase in steroid use in New Zealand. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Damn, they're on to me They are And uh, seven steps to save New Zealand by 2020 Well, here we go What's what's going on here? What's happening in New Zealand? Nick, where are you going? I, I didn't know we needed saving, but apparently <laughs> Well, this is an article according to stuff.co.nz um, Saying here, New Zealand is frequently listed as one of the best places in the world to live These surveys tend to give Kiwis warm fuzzies And I agree that we're incredibly lucky But it's not all rosy In some respects, our country needs to get its head out of the sand. New Zealand has growing issues with child poverty, the environment, immigration, the cost of living. We need to push for accountability. So basically, this is the top seven reasons, uh, ways to save New Zealand, according to Ryan McCone of stuff.co.nz. Here you go, Nick, get working on these. Um, The number one reason, uh, the number one way to save New Zealand is to promote investigative journalism. Uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) Apparently. Uh, number two is demand more from the Commerce Commission. What's wrong with the Commerce Commission, Nick? What do they do wrong? Jesus, this
6: person needs to get out a little bit. I think like, <laughs> it's, pro- it's pro- probably all like very, um, very true things. But um, yeah, it's. it's it's not something that most of us give a shit about. Let's be honest.
0: This person says the Commerce Commission needs to grow more of a spine. I accept that New Zealand is a price faker, a price taker, not maker on the world stage. This doesn't excuse the sky-high hoss of fresh fruit and vegetables, meat and dairy, and petrol and power. Jesus. Uh, number three is temporarily introduce a tough stance on immigration. Wow, this guy's a bit of a racist, is he? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know.
6: But, but- Moving right along.
0: He's a Donald Trump of New Zealand. Our councils need to introduce accountability for the completion of basic infrastructure works. You work for a council, Nick. I don't know if you want to comment on that.
6: <laughs> yeah, just we'll we move right along from that one, too, so, yeah. Number
0: five is overhaul our environmental standards. Uh, number six, start res- resourcing lower decile schools and better initiatives. And number seven, eliminate pee from our society. What? What, like urine? what
6: <laughs> no that's what we call ice oh what you would call ice yeah oh okay yeah, there it. you
0: go <laughs> why yeah. is it called pee <laughs> um
6: i think the, the i think the main drug that they use starts with a, with the letter p i think i mean i'm not a p smoker so i don't know enough about this <laughs>
0: that is i'm the not because you know, i just can't imagine like the cops going down like i don't know main street auckland or whatever like
2: Oh, bro, we're gonna gotta stop all this pee. This pee's everywhere. Look at all those users over there; they've got pee all over them. Like, I mean, it doesn't. Like,
0: I'm sorry, I sound so much better.
6: <laughs> yeah, when we get our dogs to come and um, sniff for pee, yeah, it's not yeah. a good look.
0: <laughs> he was covered in pee, bro. Uh, Nick, I always learn so much about New Zealand each week. Um, any other New Zealanders you want to send over here for us to, uh, you know? Given an award to no notice how we don't claim John Key's one of our own. He's not one of these ones that were stolen, like Russell Crowe or the Pavlova. Uh, you know, we're glad uh, to send yeah, him back to yeah. you guys afterwards.
6: Yeah, I think he's still. I think he's still hanging around, running one of our airlines now. So, um, <laughs> I think I think we're stuck with him for the meantime. Yes.
0: Nick, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much, and we will speak to you next week.
6: Yep, I'll uh, try to make some uh, some good news for you, and then
0: ne- well, not make some good news, find some good news for you. <laughs> good. <laughs> Again, I'm going to press a button and you're going to hear some music. This is like a, flash, flash. This is like a dream. And we're going to flash some things back. And a- another bit of a special way of doing this, of course, you've heard uh, in the last few weeks we went all the way back to the year 2007 to celebrate our 10 years uh, anniversary of being on Breakfast Radio. And we thought we'd kind of keep a trend and kind of maybe go through the years uh, that we've been on air, at least bring you those classic moments. So we thought... Now, after 2007, it generally makes sense to go to 2008, and uh, of course, as you know, we kind of do a bit of a best-of CD at the end of the year, so I thought you'd bring you a couple of tracks from that this week, including the introduction that we went with on that CD that year, and kind of just a random introduction from one of our shows in 2008. Let's hear that.
2: It's broken like the first morning blackbird has spoken like the first bird
0: From Hobart, the greatest city in the world, comes the most ridiculously brinking three hours of your week. If you want excitement, thrills, and melting-your-mouth hotness, then don't have that dial. As we bring you all the thrills and spills, that is the world's greatest radio show. So strap yourself in, take the phone off the hook, pull the car over, and make yourself a copy as you chillax with radio's hottest stars. It's the brink on Edge Radio
2: 99.3 FM to the studio.
0: Fridays have always been the best week here on The Brink and today is no exception as we tune in here at 13 past 7 for another three fat, brinkalicious hours of hot entertainment here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with my good self Ben and for the first time in a while I have to say it's good to actually have some human company
2: in the studio and none other than a very old friend of ours who is returning to The Brink family for the first time in what did you say about two and a half years in his age, Josh? Yeah, about two and a half years Two then. and a half years. That's how quickly time flies when you have fun. Josh, welcome to the brink. Welcome back to Edge Radio. Big honour to have you on board. Thanks, Ben. It's a great honour to be working with the great Ben Waterworth once again. What can I say? I, I can't even think of a comeback for that sure. one because it's just so true. It's so well, funny. What have we done now, Ben? We've done radio. We've done movies. We've done the Olympics. Well, the only thing we haven't done is walked on water, as far as I believe, or turned um, water into
0: wine. I mean, I mean, it's still possible. We've got plenty of time. Well, we do it today. There, there, there's...
2: Tomorrow.
3: I um, mean, there's seriously. next week.
2: There's two hours and 45 minutes of today left. And speaking of those two hours and 45 minutes, we have new segments galore today, Josh. We thought it was a special treat for you. We'll introduce new segments which get people excited, get people on their feet, and get people wanting to get involved, as well as of hot prize and everything else under the sun today. Now, one
0: of the segments, of course, that you would have heard from recently from 2007 was one called Ask Anthony. When he left the show, we rebadged it and called it Ask the Brink, because... People of Hobart still had questions that they wanted to send us in, so uh let's hear the best bits of Ask the Brink from the year two
2: thousand and eight.
7: Not
0: just
2: yes, Ask the Brink, where you ask his questions and we strive to answer them and Josh will be over to you right now. Right. Righty Oben. Well, we have a question from Noel from South Farm. Now, Noel's 26 and he's asked what is the problem with the world today and how he can fix it or how we can fix it or how anyone can fix mm, it. Interesting question, Josh. Very, um, the very open-ended fil- philosophical question. Well, here's my philosophy. Go for it, Josh. If you can't fix it with gaffer tape you can't fix it at all good philosophy josh i think gaffer is the way to go with anything and um you know no matter what the problem is gaffer can fix it It Can think about it you you break your leg what are you going to do you know go to a doctor or get the gaff i'll I'll go for the gaff because it saves you some medical bills the the only problem with that would but you'd have no hair on your legs when you have to take it off Two so weeks waxed, later. You've waxed your legs at the same here time. There we it's go. You've two, two birds in one stone, Josh. It's 2008, you know, men are out... Well, it could be a lady broken her legs. We're not saying it's necessarily a man who's broken the legs. But, I mean, if you're a lady and you've broken your leg and you've got the gaff, then you've saved yourself waxing your legs That's exactly well. right. Now, gaffer tape will fix it. All we have to do is just find where the place to put the gaff on the world is and... Done. Exactly. See, what's another problem that you could have? Um, you've got a toothache. You've got something wrong with your tooth. Rip the tooth out, put some gaff there. That's easy. Um, you've had a car crash, you've, you've wrecked your car, fix it with gaff. Your heat's come off, gaffer it back on. Exactly. Uh, a wall breaks out somewhere in the world, um, gaffer the building's back up with gaffer. That's, That's it. Easy. Whoever invented gaffer tape, to me, deserves to be the president of the world. Absolutely. Foot down, Josh. Gaffer Man is president. Gaffer Man. Gaffer Man. We're going to call him Mr. Gaffer. We should find out. We should find out who invented the gaffer tape. Yes, yes. I think we we should ask a little Kevin 07 or Johnny Howard later on. They they might know.
0: We should actually send in a question to ask the brink saying who invented the gaffer tape. So, uh, Noel, 26 of South Arm, thanks for your question. We've just completely got sidetracked and started
2: talking about the gaff. And she asks me why. (laughs) She asks me why. She... Okay, she asked. Get it out, Josh? Josh? come on, speak. Why line. don't I shoot Ben sometimes as she thinks he can be a raw pain in the behind. Thank you, Amber. I'd take that as a compliment. Should... Why don't you shoot me, Josh? Because Amber, I have to say this, if you read my bio, <laughs> Josh, am <laughs> I really there? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I <laughs> know. <laughs> if you read the bio on the website, you'll you'll find out that me and Ben have been friends for years. It Doesn't really answer the question though. No, You're no, no I'm, I'm, I'm I'm answering. I'm All right, sorry, up. I'm sorry, and I'll stand over here then. Being a uh, a, a religious person, being being as a, it's a major subject of this week's show, I am a religious person, and I don't. Boring. Shut up. <laughs> And um, I don't see the the joy in shooting a friend of mine now. If I didn't know Boring. Ben, sure, sharp. I'm going to shoot you in a minute. Boring. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's pulled out his
0: finger gun. Yeah,
2: this is my name. Now, look,
0: look, Amber, can I just mention something to you? First of all, thank you for calling me a royal pain in the bum. I, I take these um compliments on board, and I do appreciate your feedback. <laughs> Secondly, uh, shooting is illegal. Um,
2: I do believe that that um, is a criminal offence, and Josh would go to jail for it. And, and he's a human being, <laughs> so show him some respect. Ask the best way to tie his shoes and how he can do it without using his hands. Well... The best thing for me, I find, is I actually wear shoes without laces, as you can... That's handy. Oh, no. That's very handy. Oh, no. I really think that there should be more shoes out see, there made without laces. See, these are my shoes, Ben. How do you keep them tight, though? Because I've got big feet. And you know what they say about guys with big feet? They need big shoes without laces. That's exactly right. Um, Mitchell, that's a very interesting point. Mind you, if you don't want to tie your shoes, uh, if you, you don't want to wear... Be, you could be like Chucky off Ragrats, And
0: what? Just never tie your shoes in general? Yeah. Well, that's something else. You could just trip over all the time, Mitchell.
2: Um, or you could just maybe use your mouth or get lots of people to do it for you. That's it. That's always a handy... I, that's, a, that's my model in life. If it can be done by someone else, get them to do it. If not, gaffer tape. Gaffer fixes everything. All the world's problems can be fixed with gaffer tape. As we say in the theatre, if he can't fix it with gaffer, it's not worth fixing. Global economic crisis, gaffer tape. Exactly. We should take that to the QPAC. Exactly. We should go to Washington with the K-Rod. K to the uh, R-U double whistle. (laughs) You looked a bit shocked there, Josh. I was like, that's an idea! We
0: also would have uh, remembered we did have our regular guest of former Prime Minister john howard on the show and of course in 2008 he was no longer the prime minister he had been removed by a certain kevin rudd but for some reason he decided to return to the show in 2008 so let's hear from mr john howard in the return of john howard what's that what's that
2: noise Uh uh-oh I heard this last week, didn't I, Ben? I don't like sound
0: of
5: these. Here's Johnny.
2: Oh, hello, everybody. I'm back. Oh, oh no. John, Howard. <laughs> Why isn't the audience cheering for me? They always cheer for me. Oh, there they go. <laughs> oh, I thought I'd join you boys again. Did, did you invite him on here, Ben? Oh, look, I have to say I might have. Um, I was a bit sneaky there. I hope you don't mind, Kevin. Um, oh, he doesn't mind. Ben, what are you talking about? Mr. Kevin and I are a good friends. High five, Kevin. High five. Come on. Come on! Uh, put I'm it sorry, up there. John. Don't touch me. Oh well, come on, Johnny. Ah, uh, Kevin, what's your name? Oh, that did, <laughs> Mr.
0: Mr. Howard. Um, just while we've got you on the on the on the microphone here, I suppose you can say um, you are the only uh, current living prime minister who didn't attend the um the ceremony on Wednesday. Why is that? Oh, Ben, I don't think we should get into that right now. <laughs> we don't talk about serious stuff here on the brick. We like to have a bit of a laugh. Um, you know, I was too busy. Um, I was, uh, oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. Okay, Mr. Yes. Mr. Mm. Howard. Uh, Mr. Rudd, uh, what yes, are the plans Benjamin. for next week? What, what's happening? Oh, he's going to do nothing because he's going to be
2: playing his stupid games. Mr. Howard, please let Kevin answer the question. I'm going to be just touring the country, making sure everything's going right as rain. Right as rain. Right as rain. We don't really have much rain at the moment, so how can that be going right? Oh, trust me I'll fix that I'll get stuck Kevin you will not you you fix excuse of words. me John I do not like the way that you talk to me show oh, some respect to the leader of this country I'm older than you respect your elders please Kevin you know I don't respect anyone that has no respect oh well that's a good comeback I know you are but what am I <laughs> stones may break my bones, but nades will never hurt me. No, but my security parties can kill oh, you. I'd be careful. Bring it on.
0: Bring it on. They know me. Has going, George. Has gone, Sam. Yeah, you know they're with me for eleven
2: years. <laughs> okay, you two. I think we need to separate you. Uh, mm. Josh, any any further questions for either of yeah, these it, it, two? John, what is with you today?
0: Oh, you. What do you want, Joe? What's your name? Josh. Well, I don't even know who you are. You know, where's where's that a word? He was he was an idiot, but I liked him still. <laughs> okay, oh, I need John. To listen to me, Pod, mm. so it's like, okay, Mister Howard, I think mm. we should leave him alone. And Mister Rudd, thank you for um, appearing again. That's okay. Um, we should have you back next week, no doubt. Oh, that'd be that would be no, great. Get stuck, Johnny. Uh, well, that's my name. Oh, whoops. Uh, Kevin, that's your name. <laughs> oh, my love has changed too, Ben.
2: Yes. John. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mister Howard and Mister Rudd. That's Josh, okay. That was interesting, wasn't it? It is. Why did you do that to? Me? Me, Ben. Why are you still speaking like... I mean, why do you sound like Kevin Rudd? <laughs> <laughs> why do you sound like John? I don't. It's not <laughs> the, me. It's ne, no, neither do I. I. I can't impersonate either of them. I'm
0: me neither. John Howard. Um, oh, I'm John Howard. And let me do um, Kevin Rudd. Oh, I'm Kevin Rudd. See, I can't do...
2: <laughs> it. I'm br- Kevin Rudd. Exactly. <laughs> you me, try to do
0: John Howard. the know you you should do it with the impersonations of John Howard. I mean, Ben. And we'll be playing some more classic moments from the year 2008... In the coming weeks, get excited, get brinkin' excited. That's more like it. (laughs) So last week on the show, you might remember, we uh, kind of got scammed slightly uh, by one of these telemarketer scammers that call up pretending to be the Australian Tax Office, and we played a bit of a clip of me trying to deal with one of them. And I played with them a little bit, kind of made up a name, just kind of you know trolled them slightly. But I thought this week we could try it again, but this time let's be honest, let's let's be absolutely truthful in saying who I am and see how far we can get with the call. So uh, let's let's hear how I went with that during the week. Hello? Uh hello. Is this the Australian Taxation Office? Yes, yes it is. Uh well I've just returning a call you guys left to call you guys back. Uh, I had a message saying that I have legal options against my name or something along those lines.
4: So can you provide me your phone number at which you just with the call?
0: Uh, my phone number is zero. 0- Five. 0... F- 5. 5.
4: Uh, Mr. Ben.
0: Yeah. work that's, that's correct. That's me.
4: Mr. Ben. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, yes, that's me. Can you let me know what's going on with that message, please?
5: Hello? Okay, Mr. Walworth. The reason behind this call is to notify
4: you that there's a federal tax lien and a warrant of custody filed against your name by the ATO. Right. So do you have a lawyer who can represent you inside the courthouse?
0: I'm sorry. I have legal proceedings. What what legal proceedings are these? Can you can you tell me what they are, please? So you don't have any
4: idea about the lawsuit, like what is this all
0: about and what's going on? Absolutely none, sir. As I said, I just got this message from you guys saying that I have this. This is the first I've I've heard about this. So I mean, what what are these legal proceedings? Sorry.
4: Okay. Do you work at Fox Sports Australia?
0: Uh, absolutely, that's exactly where I work, yes. <laughs> you know the the funniest thing about that? is that there's actually another Ben Waterworth who works at Fox Sports. Um, this is too funny. Now, obviously, that kind of didn't go to plan. Uh, they thought I was a different Ben Waterworth, and then before you know it, uh, they hung up on me. So after probably the next 15 or so minutes trying to call them back without any answer, I tried on a different number, and uh, this is what happened this time around. How can I help you? Yes, hi. I've been trying to call you guys for the last five minutes and I keep getting disconnected or you keep hanging up on me. I'm trying to find out what's going on with this apparent legal action that's going against my name and I just can't seem to get a straight answer, so I'm hoping you can help me. One
4: second. I'm talking to Mr. Michael,
0: right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Michael,
4: this is Officer Michael Brown, badge ID 605432. <laughs> The reason behind this call is to notify you that there is a virtual tax lien and a warrant of custody filed against your name.
0: Uh, what for? Can you tell me exactly what for? Exactly?
4: There are serious allegations under your name that you have done a tax fraud.
0: Uh, okay, tax fraud relating to what?
4: Uh, the taxes which you filed in the year of 2014, 15, and 16 were not correct. Oh many mathematical and numerical errors, errors in your taxes which shows you're trying to defraud the government you're trying to run out Hello. the government's money.
0: oh shit, I didn't think they would catch me. that's a bit unfortunate, oh God, okay, well, uh, how much do I owe then can you can you tell me then three
4: thousand seven hundred eighty eight dollars thirty five cents
0: Wow that oh gee goodness, wow, I should have really carried that too eh um all right. Well, how can I fix this? I obviously don't want to get sued. I mean, that's a bit bit extreme. Uh, can can I pay that money to you, or can I pay that money to somebody so I can fix this?
4: You need to pay this amount by using a tax to rectify the situation at this point of time.
0: Okay. Um. Sure. Um. I think I can do that. I, I did win a bit of money on the pokies last. I mean, I'll, can you give me some details about how I can transfer that money then, please?
4: Do you have any government authorized store nearby you named Woolworth?
0: Yes, uh I do.
4: how far is Woolworth from you?
0: Uh oh at least a five minute drive, that's not that far from me. If I can I can go there pretty soon if I need to.
4: Okay, if you want to rectify the situation at this point of time then you need to go to uh store and buy a Dexpay voucher. Uh because you know that this is a recorded line, and we are not authorized to take any money from you by using a debit card, credit card, no bank, no check, no cash. You need to pay to someone by using a tax pay voucher.
0: Okay, so I can't pay this over the phone. I mean, you're the tax department, right? Why can't I just like give you my credit card details or something? I mean, I'd rather just do that now if I can do that with you.
4: I'm sorry, but we are not authorised to take any credit card information,
0: debit card information. Oh, so you're authorised to tell me that I owe $3,000, but I can't give... Okay, that's a bit weird, but sure. Okay, so I need to go to Woolworths and buy a card. Is that what I need to do?
4: A tax pay
0: voucher. A tax pay voucher. So I just go up to the counter and ask for that. Do I? is Is that all I need to do?
4: Once you reach Woolworths, let me know so that I can provide the name of the car which you need to purchase.
0: Oh, so I need to call you back once I get to Woolworths or do I just take you with me now? I mean, what do I do there?
4: If you are able to uh, stay online with me, that's not an issue. You can stay online with me. And once you reach the parking lot of Woolworths, you can let me know.
0: Okay, sure. I'll stay on the line. Just give me a second. Uh, Okay. Alright, I'm at Woolworths, so what do I do now? You are at Woolworth? Absolutely. I'm I'm already here. I'm I'm a quick driver. Oh, like for real? I'm 100% real mate. Why would I lie about that? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So, apparently, you've got to go to Woolworths, and apparently, they don't believe you that you can go to Woolworths in about five seconds. So, uh, I essentially tried calling back for the next 15, 20 minutes, but kind of gave up because I think they kind of cottoned on to me a little bit there that I was uh, not exactly believing their story and probably blocking these numbers, too. So, uh, there you go, folks. If you're at home and you want to play along with that, uh, that's kind of how you can handle it. Uh, And I will give you the number, too. If you want to ring them up and troll them yourself, uh, the number that you can call Call them on. He's 0261760881. That is 0261760881. 60881. Uh, so give them a call. Have some fun with them. Uh, that's how you can have a bit of fun with one of the telemarketer scammers. <laughs> that time of the episode to get a little bit presidential with everybody's favourite president. Uh, it's Paul Luttrell. Paul, I don't know if you've ever been a president of anything, but uh, welcome back to the show.
7: Uh, I can't remember being a president of anything, so, yeah, let's let's move on. Yes, good to be back.
0: You are yeah. the president of this segment. There you go, I've just declared you that. How does that feel?
7: That feels very good. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to take the, the, the job seriously. Um, yes. Maybe uh, maybe I'm a little bit more qualified than Trump is to be president <laughs> of the United States. Cool. Yes. There's something, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, look, you know, hopefully, um, you know, you'll take it a little bit more seriously than he does. But uh, anyway, we generally talk about Mr. Trump, President Trump. And, uh, I mean, it's been, an, honestly, a, a fairly quietish week, I want to say, on the Trump front. Um, I mean, he hasn't really done anything bad this week, has he? Uh,
7: yeah, not that I can think of. I think he's keeping his head down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a very... Uh, It's a pretty low bar. I mean, just to be a little bit less stupid than you were in the previous week um, for Trump. I mean, he, you know, it's pretty stupid. So Mm. to be a little bit less is uh, it's it's no. It's not a big
0: deal. One of the the big things that came out of the week, though, they've done uh, sort of one of these approval rating polls, um, you know, to see how America feels, in case you didn't know. Um, And he has come out with the lowest approval ratings of any single U.S. president in their first six months in the 70-year history of this poll. Uh, He only has... An approval rating here. I can see is it of thirty six percent, and a disapproval rating of fifty six percent. That is that is ridiculous, is it not?
7: Yeah. What uh, what's striking as well, I think, is the like. What is that? That leaves eight percent who are undecided. (laughs) If you're undecided about Trump now, have you? What has happened to you? Have you just been, you know. Hold up in a cabin somewhere in the woods. <laughs> I
0: always wonder about that. Like, I think I got once. Have I ever gotten that phone call? Uh, sort of like one of those Nielsen polls, and it was a it was a Tasmanian election one. It wasn't an election one. It was just a Tasmanian approval rating one. Probably, I don't know, three or four months ago. And I got very excited because, like, I always see these polls in the in the media. And I'm like, oh, I want to be. You know, I want to give my opinion. Um and I love it when they do ask that question like how do you feel about Premier Will Hodgman are you satisfied dissatisfied or undecided like who's sitting there on their phone going oh I really don't know I'm 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 undecided like I mean it seems like a very weird sort of it should just be a yes or a no are you a, are you satisfied or not
7: Yeah yeah I think so with uh, Will Hodgman I mean maybe his things aren't as of a bigger consequence to certain people but Trump I mean, he gets—he's pretty polarizing. He's not—he doesn't—he doesn't straddle the fence on anything. He pretty much states what his opinions are. And if you don't think that uh, building a border wall to keep out, you know, Mexicans um, from America are calling Mexicans rapists, if you—if you're undecided on whether that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> then you probably need to think a little bit more <laughs> yeah. about that. Um, uh, a lot, lot of
0: Swiss ex-Swiss nationals live in the US, apparently. They're very neutral. Uh, just... Oh, yeah, but
7: I'm pretty sure that they would uh, they'd make, up, <laughs> they'd make up their mind on this. I mean, yeah, even Trump's Switzerland
0: not, on this can make their minds yeah, up on Donald Trump. He's
7: not the most diplomatic figure. I don't think he is he's kind of, you're either, oh, yeah, I don't know how to feel about him. We've You've known what he's like for a very long time now. He's... Just dominates the news cycle. If you don't, if you haven't made up your mind about Trump, then yeah, you maybe need to sit and have a little bit of time to yourself to think about things.
0: It's, I mean, it's such an interesting poll. Six months into a presidency, that somebody can be that. Uh, disapproved of. I mean, you know, obviously we we know all the circumstances and everything around it. I mean, this is a guy who was popularly elected uh, in terms of the system in the US. I know he didn't win the popular vote, but, I mean, he still got the electoral roll votes and everything along those lines. We've gone over that before. But, I mean, yeah. with only six months into this job, that this many people disapprove of him. I mean, not even just on a US level. I- I'd really like to see... If this is a, a record globally, and I'm not talking about obviously like dictatorships where, you know, 99% of people had to approve of Saddam Hussein, um, you yeah. know, I mean, I would honestly like to legitimately see maybe in, in a democratic society, if there have been any other world leaders at this point who have had this much disapproval after only six months.
7: Uh, I, I would struggle to think of anyone. I think that generally there would be, like in, in Australia, whenever the approval ratings get to a certain low, there's always an election called or <laughs> something like that. Um, but obviously the US system's different. I can't think of anyone, obviously, in dictatorships that they wouldn't have legitimate um, you know polls or anything yeah. anyway, so you can't really go off of that. Yeah, it's it's strange considering that he... He won the Electoral College and Yeah, to be to be this low. I'm guessing that the polls obviously must have included people who who didn't actually vote as well in there to, yeah. to have such a higher differential. But that's weird to have people who wouldn't vote but would be but would participate in a poll.
0: Yeah, it's 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 crazy to think that. Actually, now you point that out, I didn't kind of factor that into it because obviously here, you know, you have to vote here, whereas there, I mean, you know, who who knows? I mean, fifty eight percent of that poll could have been people who didn't even vote, so yeah, yeah. you know, or more. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. I, I know.
7: I'm more interested to see the the number of people who actually voted for Trump, the percentage of people that actually voted for Trump, who now disapprove of Trump, because that would be.
0: I think there's a few. There's a lot of those stories which kind of, you know, are like, oh, we went to rural Alabama filled with, you know, staunch Trump supporters who now are even going against him. Like, you always see those stories, don't you?
7: Yeah. But I, I think that people kind of generally stick to their guns and they'll delude themselves, however. I mean, there was so much news. You could... There was nothing surprising about Trump. You knew that this kind of disaster was going to happen, really. So... I don't know if if your mind wasn't changed about Trump before the he was elected, then it's probably not going to be changed now. I guess.
0: No, and I just it's interesting looking at there's a sort of a list here of other past presidents' approval and disapproval rating. I mean, you look at Obama and six months in, fifty nine percent approved, thirty seven percent disapproved. Uh, the highest one in terms of approval rating was uh, Truman, eighty two percent of people approved. Uh, and only is at 9% disapproved. Kennedy has won 75% approval, 12% disapproval. And you even look at uh, Nixon, who obviously I, I realized did didn't exactly kind of turn into Nixon a lot later on in his presidency, but 58% approved of uh, Nixon and 22% disapproved. So, I mean, that's even kind of if you go through the uh, the history of uh, bad presidents in terms of their reputation, and Nixon's probably the granddaddy of that before Trump came along, uh, you know, I mean, at least he still had more than half the country like him after six months.
7: Yeah, it's funny as well because Kennedy, I mean, even though we think of him now as this great... um, President. At the time, he was pretty controversial with his, um, at least in the South he would have been anyway, with his pro-civil rights kind of um, stand and everything. that's You're you thinking that he would probably suffer a little bit in the South from, South yeah. from his... Um, from that kind of view.
0: so It's interesting, too, to look at kind of, I mean, you know, in our lifetime, obviously, uh, the second Bush wasn't exactly Mr. Popular by the time he left. But, I mean, I realise, obviously, at the beginning, he was pretty yeah. high, particularly after then when 9-11 came about. But, like, 59% approved of George Bush... Junior, uh thirty eight percent disapproved. His father was on seventy three percent. Wow, I didn't realise he was that popular at least at one point in time. But the one there's only three presidents here that I can see in this seventy year poll history that had a higher disapproval rating than their approval. It's obviously Trump. We've got Gerald Ford. And the other one here, amazingly, Bill Clinton, 51% disapproved, 45% approved. And this was years before uh, certain liaisons with Monica Lewinsky. So I, I always thought, I mean, this is, again, things I'm getting educated on the last 18 months, two years. I always thought the Clintons were very popular. Clearly, we're discovering that Clintons don't exactly have a huge legacy that is necessarily always popular.
7: Yeah, it's it's strange. I guess coming out of the kind of the reagan eighties nineties there was a little bit of a there was kind of like a mini depression kind of thing there um so maybe um maybe he suffered from that a little mm-hmm. bit but i would yeah it's, it's strange that he is that low even before the Monica Lewinsky thing.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I was actually, I, I don't have the article on me now, but it was the one I read in the last week. I think it was kind of like Time magazine or some, you know, renowned magazine rated the presidents. Yeah. And I always kind of find it interesting to read it because, I mean, look, you and I are Australian. We know the presidents we know. We don't necessarily know the entire history of all these, uh, you know, American presidents and their, their backgrounds. But, I mean, I still, yeah. I, I think I'm similar to you. I find it very fascinating, the US presidential situation system um yeah. but there was yeah they ranked all the presidents from what like 40 what that up to 45 to 1 or something like that and you know trump was already in like i think he was in like the bottom 5 or something like that um but i think number 1 from memory was it uh was it kennedy it wasn't, no, it'd have to be Lincoln, wouldn't it? I can't even remember. Oh, God, I can't yeah. even remember. But, I mean, I know, like, Kennedy and Lincoln were up there very high. Reagan was very high. Um, there was a lot in there that I didn't realise. Even even Nixon kind of, they said, like, look, well, he's higher than he kind of made people are thinking because before kind of things turned sour, he did do some things. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to read those. I'd, I'd love to find one. Maybe I can quickly Google it now, like, rating Australian prime ministers. I don't know if that would exist. <laughs>
7: Probably not. I don't know. It's Yeah. Saying again, they probably don't have as big of an influence on, I don't know. Well, we've we've um, had
0: so many, haven't we? Uh, um, Oh, here we go. I mean, I've I've sort of loosely found... This is kind of going on Nielsen polls, historical rankings of Australian prime ministers. Um, Hmm. So, if we had to quickly sort this out, um, if I can... So, the highest... These are the highest poll ratings of Australian prime ministers since 1972, so this is their highest approval rating since this poll existed, uh, the top nine. Do you want to, how about we turn this into a slight little bit of a game? Um, we'll maybe go from nine to one. Uh, I don't know how you go with this, but uh, okay, so on, somebody had a, an approval rating of 34%. This is the lowest one in this top nine. Who Who do you think had the lowest approval rating? According to this list, I'm looking at a 94%, uh, 34%, sorry.
7: Thirty-four percent mm. approval rate. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's tough because I only really have any idea of like modern. I reckon you would have heard of this
0: prime minister. He's. I mean, look. Oh, he's, of yeah.
7: Um. Let's go, Gough Whitlam.
0: Oh, decent guess. Uh, I'll, I'll say William McMahon. Uh, he was apparently thirty-four um, percent at number eight, a forty percent approval rating. Uh, you'd, you'd guess this one. Let's just say he's a recent prime minister in at least the last uh, twenty-five years. That probably gives you about thirty uh, to choose from, but
7: <laughs> Yeah, let's let's uh thirty eight percent. 40 percent. Forty percent. Um Bob Hawk.
0: No, uh Paul Keating. Was that forty okay. percent?
7: Oh, really? Yeah. I thought Keating a little bit more popular than that. Mm. Then again, Bob Walker's is probably a lot more
0: popular than that as well. I, I thought Keating was a lot more popular than that too. I think Keating's kind of like a glass of wine, he ages well, doesn't he? Like a lot of people, I think now, appreciate him more so than they did at the time. I don't know. Uh, number yeah. seven, 47%. Um, you've got to get this one. Uh, about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, 47% November 2013. Our uh, next one, 56%. Another very recent Prime Minister at 56%.
7: Let's go with Julia Gillard.
0: Correct. She actually got that in July 2010, which was, if my calculations are correct, that was right on when she got. Uh, she took over, was it not? So, uh, wow. Uh, next one, at, also on 56%. This uh, gentleman achieved this twice. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you were thinking Whitlam before. Think of somebody around the time of Whitlam. <sighs> If you know your prime ministers in historical order, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I,
7: I probably only know the last 30 years, really. Um, and, and, uh. There's a
0: very famous island called his last name in Queensland, if that helps. There was oh. also a TV oh. show sort of called this.
7: Oh, what's it Fraser? Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, Malcolm yeah. Fraser. I mean, it's Fraser Fraser, but you know what, You know where I was going with yeah. that. Uh, 56, uh, 62% number four on this list. You've already guessed this person before, but. Uh, you can put him up there again if you want. Okay, uh, well, it's
7: got to either be Bob Hawke or or Gough Whitlam.
0: It's one of those two. A <laughs> <No. laughs> go Gough Whitlam, you're, you're correct. Sixty two percent. Our third ranked one of this one, at sixty seven percent, and amazingly, okay, you'll get this one because. You know, you like me, grew up with this guy pretty much our entire life as prime minister. But the thing that I yeah. find most fascinating about when this was achieved was this was like achieved right towards the end of his prime minister, only a couple of years before he was ousted. I, I would assume this would have been up there, maybe after Port Arthur or something like that. But I mean, I just gave you a huge clue there. You're going to get this yeah, one, wasn't uh, John it? Howard, of course. Yeah, sixty-seven percent in January two thousand and five. I would have assumed that would that's, have been a lot that's earlier.
7: Strange. That's t- that's a big turnaround, and nothing. I mean, there wasn't. Uh... No, we didn't really have the global financial crisis until that was 2008. Like 2008.
0: That was more Rudd than Howard. So, So yeah,
7: that's, that's strange because nothing really massive happened in those two years. And he still had a 67% approval rating in 2005. That's, that was,
0: yeah. I think from memory that was only probably about two or three months after the election, was it not? And I guess we'd had all the Latham issues and what Beasley was back in opposition by then. And clearly he didn't really do much yeah. for the opposition. so. Um, yeah. Rudd must have
7: been marketing himself really, really well.
0: Well, speaking of that man you just mentioned, uh, coming in at number two on 74%, it would be... Rudd. Yeah, 74%. That's crazy. I actually remember that at one point, it might have been when this came out, this was March 2009, I think he was like the second most popular leader in the world at that point. I think only behind mm-hmm. the Italian Prime Minister. He was that high in the approval ratings. So interesting to think that within what... 15 months of that approval rating, he was no longer Prime Minister. How, how is that even possible?
7: Mm, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And at number one, uh, again, you already guessed this guy, uh, 75% approval rating according to the Nielsen poll rating since 1972. Our most popular Prime Minister is... Bob Hawke. Yeah, there you go. 75% for Mr. Hawke. So the 80s were a good time to be alive if you liked Hawke and Reagan. You were you were very uh, popular, weren't you? Well,
7: it oh, was pretty, uh, you know... Lucrative in terms of, um you know, if you were of making money, I guess.
3: Yeah. But
7: we saw the uh, the backlash of that, didn't we?
3: Very
0: much so. Just quickly, I mean, we won't milk this too long, but I mean, there's another one here for News Polls as opposed to Nielsen. So the top seven here. This is only kind of the most recent recent ones. This has only been going since 1985 but uh mm. 71% for Kevin Rudd is the highest Paul Keating is the lowest at 43 that's approval rating the the low, there's another one here that they do for news poll lowest satisfaction rating so this is i guess how satisfied I don't know how that works but Paul Keating holds number 1 on that he was 17% people were satisfied with him then Julia Gillard 23% Tony Abbott 24% Bob Hawke 27 John Howard 28 Malcolm Turnbull on 29% and that's actually been achieved as recently as uh, October last year, and uh, Kevin Rudd, 32%. That's during his second term as Prime Minister. So it's interesting to think that, yeah, Paul Keating, very low on a lot of those ratings. But, I mean, I don't know. It, it doesn't generally, I feel, get something that people talk too much about him, do they? So, yeah, interesting. Well,
7: it's strange. it's I guess, yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing where people forget the bad things about people. Um, And you can see it in the US now, even like George W. Bush is somehow the voice of reason when talking about Trump. So, um, same thing. But Keating, very different politics to Bush, obviously. Um,
0: yeah. Very, very much so. Uh, just before we leave, just randomly, I just wanted to quickly add this, Paul, because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners right now. We've we've obviously gone over a few of the American ones there. Uh, we've touched on the Australian ones. And I'm sure a lot of people are wondering who people think is the greatest Canadian Prime Minister of all time. Uh, and I can tell you that according to McLean's 2016 survey, it was the legendary William Lyon Mackenzie King, uh, well, clearly my favourite Canadian Prime Minister uh, there. Paul, I don't know about you. Uh- <laughs> yeah,
7: Wayne Gretzky.
0: Thank- <laughs> yes. Yeah, but very underrated uh, Prime Minister of Canada, yeah. I feel. <laughs> Prime uh, Minister oh. in everyone's
7: heart. So yes. Yes, yeah. Not quite as sexy
0: as our current Justin Trudeau, but uh, anyway. Yeah. Paul, uh, it be been fun. Uh, this is what happens when Trump doesn't do much. We go over rankings, so uh, perhaps yeah. that's probably a good thing. Maybe we need to do that. We'll find the uh, ranking of New Zealand Prime Ministers next week. How about that? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. I'm
7: sure they're all great.
0: Dolly the Sheep, number one. Uh, we'll speak to you next week, Paul. Thank you.
7: All right, it's been it.
0: It's always getting excited when I get to press this button. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show, it's Forget the Lyrics, here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Forgetting Lyrics. And it was great to uh, have Stewie on High Noon the other day uh, doing some new ones as well. So we'll have to catch up and play some of those ones across the way. Stewie, I know you're... Listener of the Brink, so it's good to have you there And uh, hopefully we can get you to do a few more of those in the coming weeks But we're going back to the year 2008 again We've uh, seen to have a bit of a trend on this episode of that year Uh, It was the first year we did start doing Forget the Lyrics And this is one of my personal favourites that we've had from uh, the history of the show Because it's kind of one of these ones that We make the lyrics up on the spot. When I actually hear the original song, I still often sing the lyrics that we made up on the spot because Josh did some very memorable ones. This is Josh's version of the uh, hit song by Timberland called Apologize, very big and, of course, in the year 2008. And maybe this might make you want to go to the gym. Let's hear this.
2: the menu I've got ten feet off the ground and hearing what you say no you can't have that cause it might make you overweight as Arnie says you tell me that you need me do some sheep lifting but wait you tell me that you're sorry cause you couldn't even lift a chicken Because it wasn't deep fried It's too late to exercise I say it's too late It's too late to exercise It's too late Oh no It's too late Oh no, oh no, oh no I saw the people sitting in my restaurant window. They had two seats. Annie looked at me and he said, what are they eating? I said, hey, it ain't my fault because I like to eat, eat chicken instead of live sheep. I told him that they should go for a jog around the block. But no, it's too late to exercise. It's too late. I said it's too late to exercise. It's too late to exercise.
0: Yeah, I still sing It's Too Late to Exercise, essentially, every time I hear that song. So uh, if only it worked, if only it made me exercise, then maybe it might be a little bit better. (laughs) It's that part of the show where we decide to cover ourselves in maple syrup and look at leaves that are on flags because it's time to get Canadian with everybody's favourite Canadian. It is, of course, Mr Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back to The Brink.
8: And again, I've passed Justin Trudeau. That's two weeks in a row.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, just like him forgetting Alberta, I thought I'd forget your Prime Minister. So uh, <laughs> why not? Uh, but you're not alone this week. You, you've brought a, you've brought another guest along with you. I, I don't even feel like I should introduce this guest because, I mean, he's kind of related to you. So you, I want you to talk him up. Give him like a big introduction.
8: Uh Well, I, I'm not going to talk him up, um because sadly I had to grow up with him, and that was enough for me. <laughs> but I did mention last week the uh, Australian football fanatic here in Winnipeg, my brother Ian. And uh, uh, I guess uh, he somehow was able to pull off a miracle and get Canadians interested in forming a team out of this, uh, or a club. So... Uh, He'll kind of take it from here because I, I was there, but uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. I think I'm gonna need a bit of coaching.
0: Well, hello, Ian. All right.
8: Well,
9: hello, hi Ben. Thanks for having me on your show.
8: It's, it's, it's a pleasure. I, Thank you all, for like,
0: joining us.
9: Oh no problem. First of all, I'd like to say I'd like to challenge Colin for the title of best Canadian. Okay. Um, I think I'm way. So uh, you know, <laughs> there's that. Uh, No, uh, uh, as usual, when people talk me up, I'm sorry that I have to sadly disappoint everybody that I'm nowhere near the way I was just explained. Uh, (laughs) I did very little. I I did very little to get the team started. Um, And I'd like to take credit for it. But uh, uh, really, the the credit belongs to other people who, who put the footwork in. Basically, what happened is I got into Australian football a a little over a year ago, just uh, looking for a random sport to watch on TV. And uh, I saw Australian football was on and it satisfied my fascination with all things Australian to check it out. And uh, I put it on and uh, was incredibly confused. I heard whistles (laughs) blowing every five seconds. had no clue what was going on. Uh, So basically, I said to my wife, I'm just going to watch this until I figure it out. Um, I found I had to go to Wikipedia while watching it in order to figure out what was going on. Um, But honestly, by the time I was done one game, I thought, okay, that was cool. I'm going to check out another game. Uh, The first game I watched was Geelong against Hawthorne. Thankfully, Hawthorne lost.
0: Good good boy. Um, You're learning already. I like that. That's good. Good to have that opinion already.
9: (laughs) That's right. Uh, Then the next week I recorded, there's only two games they show per week on TSN here. Go to the bathroom in another room. Sorry, my
0: daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're very nice, your wife. There, it's like um. <laughs>
9: no, that was
0: my youngest wow. daughter. making her- Okay, right. It's a healing trope. It's a healing trope. It wouldn't uh, be a healing uh, episode. I don't want
8: to. I don't want to know how many rooms in the house they're allowed to go in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's another episode. Have a bathroom
9: connected to our master bedroom.
0: <laughs> I thought you were just recording this in the bathroom. Like you really had to go or something like that. It's like wow, less,
9: Colin.
0: <laughs> Call me on the toilet, why don't you?
9: <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, the, that, uh, the toilet talk sums up my opinion about Hawthorne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the colour of their jumper, so good good job. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, so anyways, I, I decided there's only two games per week that uh, air on TSN2 here. And uh, so the next week I recorded, I tried to record both games, missed one, caught the second one, which was uh, Richmond against Collingwood. <laughs> and uh, so I watched the opening explanation of the two teams and decided very quickly I wasn't going to cheer for a team called the Magpies because I thought that was a weird name.
0: <laughs> you, you educate so yourself cheer for the- so well. I like how you like educate yourself and you basically straight away hate the two teams everyone should hate. That's a good job. <laughs> See, I'm a smart guy. You are. Uh, like I said, greatest. <laughs> so um,
9: anyways, I decided I was going to cheer for the Tigers about halfway through the game. Uh, one player, I don't know who he was. Uh, I, I don't know his name, but one player took a hit to the face I uh, was gushing blood from his nose. Uh, uh, the trainer tried to take him off the field. He shoved the trainer away, wiped his <laughs> blood off on a towel and ran back in the game. And I said, I'm <laughs> in love with this game.
0: So <laughs> Very Australian. Ever,
9: yeah. yeah, yeah. So ever since then, I've been following it and uh, always wanted to play. But of course, there's not much going on. In, I mean, there is quite a bit more in Canada than I thought there was, um, but nothing in Winnipeg. There's uh, an organization, AFL actually uh, is is connected with them. It's AFL Canada. They share branding. I don't know how much they are are connected, you know, administratively speaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems to be mostly volunteers who are are with AFL Canada. But I just got in touch with them basically to see if there was anything going on in Winnipeg. Um, They responded to me first. No, there wasn't. But there was one guy who had contacted them before just to see if, you know, they had any interest. And so, when they connected me with him, he's actually from Tasmania. So, I learned. Uh, like,
0: I need to hear about this guy soon. But, yes, continue.
9: Yeah. So, so he uh, he actually, you know, he played through high school and everything from what I gathered. We've actually only met once, but we've messaged back and forth several times and emailed back and forth several times before that. And uh, he actually had a team in the Philippines. Uh, wow. He organized a team in the Philippines. So, he actually knew how to get a team going. Wow. Uh, and that was important because I was never into... The Canadian sports the big four you know the soccer baseball well nobody's into baseball but soccer baseball <laughs> uh football hockey uh basketball I guess that's five not big four not I just, lacrosse I thought
0: lacrosse was your official summer sport yeah but nobody actually plays it okay
9: <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> it's one of those games, it's Canadian so we're proud of it because it's Canadian but nobody actually cares about it
0: right okay got it
9: <laughs> but I wasn't into those sports so I never played on organized sports teams I had no clue what to do uh, to, to get it going and he really just ran with it and you know we, we messaged back and forth but he did all the work to get it going and, and he connected with a few other Australians who who knew the sport uh, to, to get things on the move and uh, we were able to uh, get advertising through AFL Canada also through a group here uh, in Winnipeg called the Down Under Club which connects you know Australians and New Zealanders uh, oh, that, that are living here. <laughs>
2: They're not down under, they're
0: down left, like, I mean, down right, right in what direction they are. who cares, in New Zealand anyway, sorry.
9: Formerly down under, you know, <laughs> but yeah, so they, they helped us out with advertising, you know, basically, and just through a Facebook page, a couple other places advertising, you know, we ended up having 13 people uh, wow. for our first practice.
0: Fantastic. Wow. So that was yeah. this week, so I know we talked to Colin about that. Last week, and obviously, I want to hear uh, Colin's thoughts on how he went because uh, I've got some interesting thoughts, I think, on how you did do, Colin. But so th- this happened during the week, and and I mean, you got thirteen people show up, and so is, yep. is this guy from uh, the Australian that you're talking about? Is he kind of taking control, and and a lot of those people that are there that are learning the game for the first time, similar to say Colin, and and uh, kind of learning the basics of the sport.
9: Yeah, I mean, basically, the way it was was there was there was only a handful of us there who are, you know, Australian football fans. Uh, the the ones from Australia obviously had some connection, but as far as the locals that showed up, uh, there were just a handful, but it was pretty much, okay, you know, if if you're coming, bring some friends. And so there were a lot of people who seemed to not necessarily have as much knowledge of the game. And uh, because he's played before, and, and another guy that uh, was, he's actually from uh, uh, South Australia, he actually had played before as well. So they both had a good knowledge of the game. So the two of them kind of, led uh teaching the game uh but what he said uh, the one who who got it started what he said is that you you need the locals really to drive the the interest up because an Australian says, Oh, Australian football is the greatest sport ever. They're going to think, well, you have to say that it would be like a Canadian going to South Africa and say, Oh, you got to try hockey. It's the greatest sport ever. Yeah. But if you have a local saying this sport is great, then that's really going to increase the interest there. You know, a Winnipeg is going to listen to me better uh, (laughs) than uh, an Australian, then they'll listen to an Australian. So, so there, you know, there's a few of us there who are uh, big fans. Actually, I I found uh, a couple people there. They're, Big Geelong fans. I don't hold that against them because the Crows smashed Geelong just over uh, <laughs> they did, a did years, yes. so I'm happy with that. Uh, but they, they, you know, one of them is a, actually a uh, she. She's a member of, of Geelong or whatever nice. it is. When you,
0: yeah, you know, uh, you club member. The team. Yeah, yeah. You show your support that, by it basically, yeah. um, you know, it helps. I guess. Keep the clubs afloat. I mean, they don't need it. I mean, they're all quite wealthy. But, like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of your, your way of showing support. Like, I'm a, I'm a member of Carlton, and you get um, certain levels of uh, membership. You get into a certain amount of home games a year. Or, like, myself, I obviously don't live in the state where they play, so I kind of get a cheaper membership. And if I fly to Melbourne, I can get into, like, three games a year for free. But if I live there, you would obviously get a more expensive one and get into It's kind of like, I guess, what you guys would call a season ticket in a way um and right. yeah you have sort of membership so and wow so is she, is she Australian or is she just kind of a, a Canadian who loves Geelong that much Canadian who loves Geelong wow <laughs> there you go that's great there, you know, there, was an,
9: there was another guy there who had uh traveled to Australia and he lived in Australia for a while and and actually played with uh with a team there in uh, I think he said East Geelong yeah uh, so he had a, a connection there but he's you know originally from Winnipeg and now he's back in Winnipeg so he's Really excited, and when we did do our uh, uh, it was like a six on six game. Uh, when we did do that, uh, he pretty much, you know, single handedly stopped mine and Colin's team from getting destroyed because he was blocking every kick they were going with, so that
0: was good. Wow, wow. So, I mean, Colin, I need to ask you, though. I mean, you kind of loosely talked to me a little bit about this during the week, and I remember I said to you last week a few of the things that maybe might take a bit of getting used to. One of them I did say to you was the bouncing aspect of it when you have to run, Mm -hmm. and I think you said to me that was what you most struggled with. I mean, besides that fact, how did you find it? How did you find, I guess, playing this very unique sport? Uh,
8: You know... Most of the basics that he kind of taught us for the first 45 minutes or so was easy. Like I, I caught on to, I don't even, I'm going to have all the terminology wrong. I caught on to punching the ball really well. <laughs> I caught on to kicking the ball really well, but that bounce is just impossible. It's, it's frustrating because you get it right once and you're like, Hey, I got this now. And then the next time it's like rolling 20 feet away from you, and you're chasing after it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, when we played the game itself. That was where I think the most confusion was for me because um the the main guy there the one from tasmania he was trying to explain okay you guys are in this these zones so you can't really go to this zone and these are the attackers and these are the defenders and it's like five minutes straight of him explaining this thing it's kind of like in basketball and then he explains it like that and everybody's scratching their heads it's kind of like <laughs> in football and everybody scratches heads and then one other guy raises his hands let me explain it like this it's like in hockey where and he gives <laughs> an explanation, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, got it yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
8: Once you get the basics of that, you know, you kinda have an idea. I I swear I was I probably wasn't doing terrible in the game, but For the most part, it was me every five minutes asking, are we winning yet? (laughs) (laughs) Am I going in the right direction? Is that guy on my team?
0: (laughs) There's there's this video that I often share, and uh, I I probably have shared it with both of you before, I think maybe when Colin in the past has talked to me about, uh, you know, and you obviously getting involved in it uh, back before you and I ever met and sort of talked and everything. But the AFL did put out a video a few years ago Targeted mainly at Americans, but it's, I, I think it, it is useful for for all sort of countries outside of Australia, and it's. Five minute, very concise little video explaining the basics of, of Australian rules football, which is really, really good. And compared to all the ones online about trying to explain cricket, um, I, I refuse now to explain cricket to Americans and Canadians unless they're going to be watching a game of cricket with me, because that game is fucking hard to explain to somebody when you can't actually show them an example while you're explaining it. But um, so, so basically, from this point then, Ian. So, um, what, what, what now? Did you have enough people that the AFL Canada can basically say? you're in the league or do you kind of still have to a few more training sessions, few more people before you can take that next step?
9: Well, I think, I think we need to, to do some more yet. Um, you know, 13 was a, was a great turnout, but obviously, you know, you, you need at least 18 to have a full yeah. slate of players out there and, and you know, better obviously if you have 22, so you got some people for, for uh, change offs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so we, we definitely need to get more people um, and uh, get more of a, Uh, Group that's consolidated into a a full-on team. Um, And then, you know, there's going to be other things that need to be looked at, registration and and fees and all that kind of stuff in order to to officially be a part of AFL Canada. As far as my understanding goes, there's still a lot more uh, we need to learn about that side of things. So right now, it's just a matter of trying to get enough people who are committed to saying we want to run with this. And uh, so the main thing we're focusing on right now is doing, you know, semi-regular practices just to, uh, and every time we do practices, try to bring in more people and try to get more attention. And now that we've had our first, we're able to have more of a, a complete uh, presentation on our Facebook page uh, in order to uh, draw more people in. Now we've got pictures and everything like that. So it's not just a bunch of people saying, hey, we're going to try this. It's, hey, look, we tried this already. We want to do it again. So Fantastic. I think that's going to bring more people up. And uh, we can get a, a larger base going.
0: Good to see. Good to see. And I saw actually um, the post the other day. You were mentioning about obviously the the fans of Geelong and that that you guys were in a in a bar there watching the the Crows Cats game the other night. I mean, was that was that a replay? Was that live? I mean, if that was live, that would have been about six o'clock in the morning for you guys, would it not have. No,
9: no, it's not live. I, I wasn't able to be there because uh, I was actually at work at the time. Uh, it, it aired between twelve noon and three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So usually. Aims air here overnight sometime, but occasionally they'll, they don't air them always live. Uh, and so occasionally you'll get one that's on during the day. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't able to go and watch that one. I think there were just, uh, four of them that were, that were able to go to this one, the two Geelong fans, of course. And then the two guys (laughs) that were, uh, really, uh, Showing everybody uh, how to play the game, so they were able to go there, and, and the Geelong fans were able to watch Geelong lose in a public place. So that's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's um, and I think Colin mentioned to me that you have become such a fan of of AFL that you've even gone and purchased the whole online access pass so you can watch these games anyway online. Is that true? Yeah, yeah,
9: I can. Uh, like I I watch them. I, I don't watch any of them live uh, because I don't like to stay up that late to watch them <laughs> at the time they would air. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I purchased an app and, and, uh, so it basically gives me access to every game so I can watch on replay uh, or live every single game there is. Uh, of course I don't have nearly enough time to do that. I usually end up (laughs) just watching, you know, uh, one or two full games and then, uh, but they also have, you know, you can watch highlights and, and, and all these other things. Also, uh, different shows they have, like there's one called bounce and there's one called AFL. 60 yes and, yes and a bunch of those different shows uh so i get access to those as well so if i you know miss a week i can uh, i can watch some stuff just to catch up on what happens so it, it's pretty neat it's it, it's rare i've never been interested in a sport like this i found most sports that uh that we have it here in canada i find there's a lot of downtime there's a lot of time where the whistle blows and you know in football they're in a huddle forever and then you know in hockey the The whistle blows and they got to do another face off and another face off. And there's just so much downtime and basketball is just back and forth with really only one thing happening. Uh, So to me, I'm attracted to the chaos of this sport. I like a lot of things going on at once. I, I kind of my mind kind of works that way. So so that's what attracted me to it. It was constant action and there was a lot of moving parts to it, which is what made it interesting to me. So, yeah, I'm 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 hooked on it and uh, uh, really enjoying it.
0: Is, he, is this what he's always been like, Colin, that he would just get obsessed with something like this and just kind of uh, be this obsessed with it for some time, or is this a new thing for him?
9: <laughs> no,
8: that's that's new. I mean, he, he kind of has the reputation of not really getting excited about anything. <laughs> 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 that's, that's more or less what it was like growing up with him. So this this must be something that yeah, he's dedicated to and willing to uh, sacrifice his entire fortune for to follow <laughs> his pipe dream of being a professional athlete. <laughs> Well, you've got no to
9: illusions. start
0: somewhere.
9: Uh, <laughs> I have no illusions of being a professional, that's for sure. Um, my first practice proved that uh, I, I, I'm not very good at kicking, and that's very important to this game. So.
0: Well, I mean, as I was saying last week, I think, to Colin, uh, I mean, there is, of course, the International Cup of AFL. It's actually this year. It's in a couple of months in, in Melbourne, um, and they have it every three years. Uh, and Canada does have a team in the men's competition. Um, they finished fifth in 2014, which was their best. But, uh, look, if you... Happened to get a gender reassignment surgery at some point, Ian. Uh, the Canadian women's <laughs> team are the reigning champions. So look, uh, just putting it out there, um, you know, if, if, if I'm, you are I'm going to go it. ahead
9: and say that's going to happen, and I'm going to further say that I probably still wouldn't be good enough to make the
0: team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to keeping an eye on how you guys go with this, because yeah, it's... I mean, it is such a unique game. I'm, of course, going to say it's the greatest game in the world, as you were saying before, An Australian's going to say that, unless you're from New South Wales or Queensland and you like rugby and you're an idiot. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely a unique sport. And, I mean, Colin, have you adopted a team yet? I know, Ian, you're, you're a Crows man and you kind of like the Swans as well, I think. Um, yeah. So, I mean, are you, I trying to get, are you trying to get Colin to like a team?
9: I, I want him to pick his own. What I'm trying to do is actually get him to sit through an entire game. Um, right. So that's that. That's the next uh, thing. He tried to watch one last week, which was West Coast against Fremantle, but that wasn't ah, a very good derby. game
0: for him to watch. No, so- that was that was not as tight one as they wanted it to be. But that's, I mean, they're good ones to watch just for the the crowd because obviously it's um you know the two Perth teams and it's obviously quite heated rivalry. And plus, Perth fans are just idiots. Um, but. <laughs> I yeah. do want to
8: say I, I do have a favorite team, and it's called the Winnipeg Bears.
0: Nah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Look at you, Mister Loyal. Uh, well, look if you if you happen to pop around Ian's house, get in get the access of the uh, AFL pass. Uh, my team, Carlton, played Brisbane today. They were formerly the Brisbane Bears, as I was trying to explain to you last week, how they used to use a koala as a logo, even though it's not a fucking bear. Um, a bear. But um, Brisbane are on, currently on the bottom of the ladder, and Carlton, we're third last. But uh, we're, we're two young sides that, you know, in a few years' time, we should be up there challenging, Hopefully. So if you want to, if you, if you kind of want to go on the bandwagon of going on a team that's up and coming, you can maybe choose one of them. Or if you want to do clearly what Ian's done and just choose a team that's winning, uh, Adelaide or Sydney, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you could go for one of those. <laughs> but uh, okay, but if I could
9: say Colin Roots for the Toronto Maple Leafs in nah. hockey, <laughs> <Yeah>. and Maple <laughs> is the team that everyone in Canada is supposed to like, but nobody actually does like, so I kind of am afraid that he's going to end up cheering for Hawthorne.
0: Well, I think it's more Collingwood, if that would be the case, because Collingwood's kind of like the most popular team, technically, wait, in the country. Wait, there's by a like... Collingwood, Co- Colling, Colling, see? Colling. That sounds like my kind of team. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said it, again. Oh, no, what have we done? He's turned bogus. Hang on, I'll, I'll
9: help you out here. I'll help you out. Collin, they're called the Magpies. <laughs> That sounds like Ben's kind of team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They are pretty much the most hated sporting club in this country, Colin. But by all means, go for them if you want to. (laughs) My club's biggest rivals, but sure. Uh, (laughs) Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, as I said, we'll keep an eye on how things go here because we're definitely intrigued uh, to see just how far the Winnipeg Bears will go on their path to uh, glory in the uh, uh, Canadian AFL League, it's going to be like the mighty Ducks, you know, little District Five starting off, and uh, in comes an investor, and before you know it, you're going to be uh, beating the the Hawks. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, so, yeah, thank going, you, going, it's going been with,
9: fun. So, going with the name though, I'd rather refer to it as the Bad News Bears than the. <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: good, good call, and Colin, as always, uh, thank you. You didn't really talk this much this week, but um, you're still Canada's number one, apparently.
8: Uh, oh. The less I talk, the more popular I am. Time to
0: bring it home to a close on a bumper-packed edition of The Brink. Of course, if you do like my voice and want to hear it elsewhere, you can hear me live on Edge Radio in Hobart between 12 to 2 p.m. on a little show called High Noon. Very excited to always be able to broadcast to you weekly from there, of course, in the domain where this all started. So if you are listening in Hobart, make sure you tune in. Even if you don't live in Hobart, if you head to edgeradio.org.au, you can click on the live stream and, uh, well, live stream it. Uh, Also, of course, the network a spin-off show from this show. Plenty of content coming out of that weekly. If you're a fan of Survivor, you're going to love the uh, upcoming coverage of Australian Survivor, so you can uh, hear that. And we might even play some of those highlights throughout this show over the coming weeks, depending on uh, the content that we do bring you and of course i know a lot of you are waiting for news on the brink only seven since my trip since i've been back i can tell you that uh it's still in the process of being put together so uh give it time and we'll uh, announce a release date of that when we're a little bit more certain of that but it will be in the uh coming month or so so uh get excited and of course all the news will happen here on the brink you can of course stay up to date with everything that is happening with the brink on our facebook page just search for the brink radio show easiest way to stay up to date of course twitter as well and you can subscribe to these on itunes if you use an apple product or of course stitcher if you use an android product and while you're there please rate us leave us feedback and uh just tell us how you're doing, because we always are concerned about you, listener, and how you're doing. Uh, we, we closed off the show the other week a little bit with our 2007 In The Mix segment. Of course, as you know, every year we like to produce a bit of uh, a best-of to music. And given the 2008 theme that we're on at the moment, we thought we'd play 2008 In The Mix. This is a bit of a musical highlight from all the best bits of 2008 that we haven't played on this episode and we haven't played yet in the coming weeks. So, uh, let's hear that now. But in the meantime, thank you for tuning into The Brink. We'll be back next week for episode 36 of the Brinkaliciously Rebooted podcast. Until then, thank you for listening. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. <laughs> It's, it's a great day to have you on here because, as I said, we've got so many segments. We'll get to them very soon,
2: you know, because we, we have the best segments in the world, as you know. Cause, I mean, just because you haven't been on the show for an hour, not mean, you don't listen. I know you're a fan. We keep in touch and everything. Yes, of, of course. I mean, celebrities like ourselves, we have to keep in touch. Um, it's a great day to have a
0: radio show. <laughs> um, okay, I do know what we're talking about. We're not going to sit here and pretend to actually know what we're actually doing on a radio for once, and pretend that we're famous. And that. I mean, um,
2: we are. What am I saying, Ben? Oh, it's a car crashing, just like we need a gap. Yeah. <laughs> we need a gap stat. I like using that Trevor. word. Trevor stats. That's such a great word. Whoever invented the word stat to Good me. old George Clooney. George Clooney. Give me something Yeah, right. Yeah, we get the point. How's the Queen going for you, Josh? You won that, of course. I'm, uh, forget, I'm not forget the lyrics. What is? It, What's called squeal or no nice squeal? Oh, she's going well. Is she? she she's sitting right here. Did she, you call? Her? <laughs> I was wondering what you were stroking a minute ago. Is um she? That sounded so wrong. It's not funny. Um, is she? Is she um you know nicer than you thought? <laughs> What's that noise? That's <laughs> the term whining. That's a <laughs> Josh, not very nice. Oh, I like that sound. <laughs> I think we just use that all the time as our,
0: as our, um, you know, I don't care music, apparently to you out there and hopefully you've got your little hats on and dancing around and eating chips and drinking punch
2: that's exactly right <laughs> punch do, do you drink punch anymore do we sort of I, I had something called like a did you I, get punched Is that what I've you? never I've only been punched twice in my life you Punch me <laughs> that's another story for a later time slot. Yes, spin um, we'll it, get into that later yeah. I'm confusing so many people. Okay, in the world, we're awesome, everyone else is blah. But, uh, but China is cool because they have nice hotel rooms. Uh, with is. great couches. But I'm 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 in the Olympic Village. I love it in the Olympic Village how as soon as you put a
0: towel on the ground, there's like a Chinese uh, person to clean it
2: up. I was in the air. In the air. In the air. On Th- Thursday, you were always in the air, were you Josh? No, I was in the air instead of on the air. You were just, that's not, oh that's alright that's not a bad joke, I got it Yeah. (laughs) hang on, let's see, let's test that do you want to try that again? I don't know if the audience was listening, ready? I was in the air rather than on the air (laughs) oh yeah, it worked They, they liked it they're here today, they've come, they've realised just, just because Ben's not here, oh. there's no reason that we can't be a part of it. So I'm just gonna turn them down a little, otherwise they're gonna go crazy. Uh, but no, we're, we're going we're, off, aren't we? I know, look, look, look. We've got 75,000 people here in the last 20 seconds. I know, <laughs> I know, they're coming <laughs> pretty good. They're coming in busloads, we're getting them. We've had billions here, so I'm expecting billions today. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Josh, trap shooting is where Michael Diamond, I believe it was, uh, mm. won gold for uh, us in the Sydney Olympics and the Atlanta yeah, Olympics. I've tried my hand at trap shooting. It's it's, it's not as easy as it looks. Not, I, I don't think it would be. I've tried my hand on it. Uh, may just be on the PlayStation, but that's,
0: you know, a different story. I find it hard enough on the PlayStation. I couldn't imagine what it would be like in real life, but uh, that's another story, Josh. I'm sure a lot of these Olympic events are a lot more easier on the PlayStation than in real life. As I would
2: know, being an Olympic athlete myself. This week's Ambassador of the Week, though, is none other than Mr Brad Pitt. Ladies, calm down, calm down. I didn't say my name, I said Brad Pitt. We're
0: very similar in many aspects, but we're not going to get into that debate right now. Now,
2: Josh, I hear you asking me, Ben, why is Brad Pitt this week's Ambassador of the Week? Did you want to do that, or did I just impersonate you very well? Ben, why is... Brad Pitt, this ambassador of the week. You yeah. wish you sounded that manly. Um, he, has... I, I sound more manly than you do, so don't say
0: that. Most women sound more manly than I do, Josh. I like, I like being here on a Friday by myself. Sometimes it's a bit different. Actually, it's a bit more of a, it's a different atmosphere in the studio because I think people know it's the weekend, so that they can go out and relax and not have to work and sleep in and just have a, have a fun old time and go out and party. He's, um, he seems to be asleep whenever I want to ask him a question. I think he knows. I think he knows that I'm going to ask him something. And then all of a sudden it's like, go to sleep. Off you go. Ooh. Down down a sleepy mountain. I don't know what that was. That Ooh. It sort of sounded a lot better in my head. Till next week, Hobart, do keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges. And those grapefruit too. And maybe a bit of lemon. And good night.